Welcome to episode 440 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. It is a Sunday afternoon, and he is not wearing his patented scary hat. I don't understand why. It is perfect hat weather outside, if you ask me. For this answer, and for many more things, Russell John the Fisherman. Yeah, I got my hair down and my metal blade shirt on. Because I'm back in the metal. You know oh, what? I'm going to start. start when did you leave? <laughs> I'm going to start teasing movies now. So this week, I'm going to be talking about a movie that got me back in the metal because of a brave choice from a director. I'm going to be talking about a horrifying film I watched. Truly disturbing content. And then uh, a movie that um, is a horror movie, but not a horror movie that I watched with you, which will be fun. Oh. That's not a horror movie, It's a right? horror movie. It, mm, and if we'll you're a horror fan it. and you rent that movie, you're going to be mad. Yeah. We'll get there. You're not wrong. Yeah, you'd be 100%. Mad. But there's a big, I would, you know, there's a lot to talk yeah, about. Just there. a tease. That's it. A taste. A little, little taste. A little taste. You got to make it through Randy's movies to get to these ones. <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of the little tease himself over there in Atlanta, Ooh. Georgia, it's Randy Michael Stack. That's me. What's up, fellas? Dude, we, so we should call him the Atlanta Otter. The Atlanta Otter. Yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the iPhone uh, case. No, about like five weeks ago, when Randy, Randy, who's a very skinny um, skinhead, wears a T-shirt when he jumps in the pool because he's hairy. Well, I forgot. We got a DM. I was talking about maybe doing it in the future. (laughs) Well, um, thank you for the clarification. Former guest, current uh, listener, um, Scott. He reached out and was like, you know, in, in gay terminology, he, Randy would be called an otter because he's a skinny, hairy boy. Oh, yeah. Randy. So that's okay. why you're, you're the Atlanta otter, dude. The that's Atlanta. <laughs> hadn't heard that one before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, dude, that's your new name. A.O. The Atlanta. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll take it. Wait, so you haven't jumped in the pool yet? No, actually, when I was in uh, Boston, the hotel I was staying at with uh, my family had a indoor pool, and they all went swimming, and I decided not to both times. Why? Just not a fan, or I don't know. I'm not a big swimmer. Yeah, you're an otter, Randy. (laughs) Otter swim, baby. Not a big fan. I uh, hung out in the hotel room and uh, finished the Boots Riley show that I talked about yet last week. Less exciting. No, I like that. Great show. The whole family's out, hanging out at the pool, having a good time. Randy's up in the hotel room watching Boots Riley. Yeah. I like Hell it. yeah. Randy, you, you need a jacuzzi for your house, dude. I got a sauna and a uh, cold plunge on the way for the backyard. Really? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> What's a cold plunge run? I don't know. They're probably not super cheap. I'm sure there's, you know, different uh, varieties of kinds that you can get, but I don't know. No, no. As Russell, Russell, can you look that up? Yeah, I am. As you look that up, we'll take it over to Behind the Wall. Oksana Valerian of Osachi. I already looked it up. You can get a portable one for $120. No, see. (laughs) No, no, no. It's just like a pool. 
they have the above ground white trash one that uh-huh. you can get for fifty nine dollars. Called the the ice bathtub for athletes. Okay, I have a question. Can we fit it on the back deck? I have no idea. I'm not. It's on Amazon. Free shipping. Can, this one is the ice pod. Yeah, the ice the, the ice pod portable ice bath standard. How much is that? That's the pod company. Pull it up. Let me see it. That's one twenty. Hold on. It's like a barrel. Now, the one that looks like a coffin that Dracula is about to come out of. Oh, that's our guy. It's called Frozen 3 Cold Plunge. That's over $11,000. 11K, you say? Yeah. So that's the ice pod. Oh, that frost. Oh, dude, the pod company? Look at dude, that. Dude, that's back. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Randy, look at the Frozen 3 Cold Plunge. <laughs> <laughs> the, that has a smoke machine. Yeah. When you order that, we'll come over. Oh, I want the Chinese writing one. That looks safe. That's the one I told you. The ice bathtub for athletes. That's oh, that goes. That's back deck all day. Yeah, that's the dough. Like doughboys. Is, is that, that inflatable? Is that what it's called? I know it's it a does. dumb podcast y'all listen to. But click that link. No, I'm not clicking that link. You have clicked scarier links this week. I know it as a fact. Shut the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple that's times a little too. tease. We'll get into it. Yeah, that's your is. new name. A little tease. A little tease. It is. In, part of it is inflatable. Oh Damn, God. dude, we're getting a cold plunge. No, we're not. We don't even have we're a backyard. We're getting a cold plunge, babe. We don't need what, one. Are you gonna, you gonna put it up front with your two lawn chairs? Yes. And a cold plunge? Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll put one of the chairs in the back. We can put the cold plunge. Oh my God. We'll have to move the trash cans. We'll move the trash <laughs> we can. cans. It's part of the HOA that trash cans have to be hidden. No, 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 no. Trash cans will still be hidden. I just have to move them. Oh my God. Is it really part of the HOA? Yeah, they can't be out front. Randy, you know what the HOA can do? <laughs> S-U-K. I hear, the, I hear they can uh, do a lot. Does the AO have an HOA? No. Oh, I'm the O of this H. <laughs> can you isolate that, please? He's the otter also of the house, dude. Hour. Shout out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the over- Yeah. I don't like this. Dude, O and H. Wait, Randy, what'd you do for 4th of July? Opie and Anthony. <laughs> what'd you do for the 4th, brother? Uh, For the 4th, I did not much. I got home last Sunday and then um, kind of worked on Monday. And then Tuesday, I which was the 4th, I just went uh, grocery shopping and did laundry and sat on the couch. <laughs> and that was about it. Did your neighborhood like light up? Were people outside blowing shit up? Uh, it wasn't crazy. No, it wasn't like, you know, when I was in uh, Oakland or San Francisco. Yeah. But, you know, there was like, I can sleep through a lot of things, which probably isn't good. But uh, there was a couple of times where I woke up at like, you know, one or two after hearing like a, an explosion of sorts. But it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it was manageable. Yeah. We had two months of illegal fireworks going off. That's Fourth right. Fourth of July came. There was... Not much. And then oh, nothing no. around it. I was kind of like, now's the time you could do it. Why aren't you doing it now? And then they're, I guess they're dead. That's why. Either it has sort of subsided, right? It's gone. It's been what? A few days? It's been like a couple weeks now. It's not been a couple weeks. Yeah. It's not been a couple weeks. Fourth of July was just on Monday. No, Tuesday. no. I mean, the people that were doing the like M1000s and shit, they have not been around. It, they, they're still there. I don't know. It's been a few days, but uh, I don't know. It has subsided a little bit. 
There has been a little bit of a break. So the investigation continues, ladies and gentlemen, and our uh, sub-podcast based upon this incident uh, will be released in the uh, upcoming days. Yeah, and, um, you know, I appreciate all the people who reached out talking about how much they love Chef May after I told stories of my dad harassing her and her threatening him. Good God. On uh, 4th of July, we did uh, swing down there and make an appearance at which uh, I guess my dad had told, he told us we were going to film Blu-ray Tuesday. We had a lot of costumes lined up. It was a packed day. And I was like, fuck it. We're going to squeeze it in. We had Jasadi down here in Terrell. And I'm like, they got to go meet her. And we went down there. My dad's like, we texted her. So your two open- black friends you had to go take to the hip hop barbecue. Well, the two people who, who won't shut the fuck up about white barbecue. Oh, you make a white food. I want, I want some black. Bar- I was like, why don't I you, understand. I'm like, why don't you bring some black food to this white barbecue then? That's right. And then, so I was like, you know what? I'll bring them to the black barbecue. To the hip hop. And then we'll come back. And uh, my dad never ceases to amaze. He's like, yeah, she's going to be open two to 10. Like, okay, cool. We showed up down there at like four, it's like 430, completely locked up. So he's like, there's somebody outside like, oh, they're closed. And my dad walks right by him, starts knocking on the window little side window. She opens it up and he's like, yeah, well, come on. We got everybody here. And she's like, it, it wasn't an excited voice coming out the other side, but uh, he went, we're in. And then the, the door opened. She's like, Good God. so then we, <laughs> she says hi to everybody. I think it takes her a minute to realize what's going on. And then she recognized Oksana. She's like, Oh wait, I, I know. And then she like lit up. We sat down. She's like, I, I'm making a big order for firefighters. I'll be right with you. So my dad's like, who wants a beer? <laughs> like, what are you Hell doing? Yeah. He's like, I think she, she's like, hey, May, what you got? And he's like, we got Modelo's and Corona. So he fucking disappears back there and comes out with two, one Modelo and one Corona. He's like, who else wants a beer? And I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'm just looking. And Jasadi just listened to the podcast. He's like, bro, you weren't lying. I'm like, why would I make this shit up? <laughs> what are you talking about? So, no, yeah. It, it, anything you say about your dad, <laughs> I buy it 100%. No, and you know, it's funny because Chef You're May, wrong about everything else. She pointed that out, too. She's like, she's like, you, I know you're not lying about this. She's like, you're the type of motherfucker. You're probably leaving shit out of this story. There's probably more dumb shit you did that you're not telling me. Oh, she offered him to do stand up there. So, Clark, if you want to get back in the game, Jesus. <laughs> you and my dad, you oh. can go down there at the hip hop rape show. I, I want to be very clear <laughs> that even in this hypothetical scenario, there's no way I would ever open up for your dad. Oh, my he God. He opens for me. Yeah, okay. Dude, he would, he would and then be I don't so happy. Be like, <laughs> the hole I would have to dig out of. The hip hop rib jack. We can, we'll hit up the jealous guys. We'll make it a whole thing. It would be my dad. <laughs> Here's the thing. Oh my god. Oh. He would do it too. He would be so happy. I wouldn't want to see or hear him do it. Because oh, it me would either. it would throw me off so much I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, so go My set her. would just be making fun of him. I um yeah. How would it not that's be? That's the only way that's see, the only that's thing the, you can do. That's the thing, and that's what I've always leaned on my whole life. And he's like, Oh, you always come over here and roast me. I'm like, how do you not? How do you not? You set it up so easily. You turn a whole party against you. And then I get to be like the hero. I come in and just roast you. It's like, oh, everybody likes me because I'm saying what they don't want to. It's completely easy. 
It, yeah. It, so, dude, he'd be setting you up. It'd be a perfect jump back into your career. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but go support her. She said, uh, you know, help her out with Yelp reviews. And I'm like, do people even read Yelp reviews anymore? Oh, all right. New segment on the show. Let me let's look it up now. A little Yelp. Um, what's this place called again? I don't know what it is on. Uh, I need to actually go do it. Hip hop barbecue shack. Got it. That's what it's called on there. Oh man! Okay. So oh boy. Okay. <clears throat> the hip hop barbecue shack. Uh, I do not want to sign into Yelp. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, they are uh, for everyone's uh, that wants to know the uh, this this uh, this part of the episode brought to you by the hip hop barbecue shack. Closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday through Sunday, six thirty to ten, but Friday through Sunday, six thirty to midnight. A little late night barbecue. I don't even know if that's true. I know um, from what I've heard from my dad, she's only closed Monday. Well, just but let I mean- me know what Yelp <laughs> yeah, yeah. says about the hip hop barbecue. Now, uh, there are nine reviews on the hip hop barbecue shack, all five stars. That- Incorrect. We got one three star. Yeah. The three star is from Christina L in South San Francisco. We found this place on a whim. There weren't many reviews, but the IG page seems to have a decent following. Unfortunately, $68 worth of food left us hungry. Maybe one of us could have been full if we ate it by ourselves. Maybe this was an off night? Yeah, it's a boring review. The links look haphazardly cut. (laughs) Randy, please isolate that. This was my Mother's Day dinner, and we ended up cooking more food after finishing this one. What the hell kind of monsters are at this house? (laughs) (laughs) They have the pictures. Yeah, I don't know how many people they're trying to feed here. If I'm honest, that looks like $68 worth of food. Welcome to the the Bay Area, sweetheart. What are you going to do? Everything else, these are uh, nice reviews. They're long, too. Okay. The owner is very nice. Brisket is very tender and cornbread is spectacular. I highly recommend this restaurant. Olivia K. All right. Oh, Ron D. You know what Ron D says from Brisbane? Hip hop over to this place. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was on vacation in Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana known for their barbecue. All right. <laughs> Ban Ron from the show. Okay. I'm going to ban this segment from the show. <laughs> yeah, we can cut that. Yeah, she's new. So, yeah, she's only got nine in there. But that that's what she asked us to do. was like, hey, jump on there. Yeah. But I don't think, does that really help, like, an aggregate sites anymore? Yep. Like, I mean, yes. If, if if eyeballs are on it, it helps. Okay. That's, just, that's what I would say. Yeah. It, yeah, she does look like she's doing fine on social media, though. Do you not remember that, um, that wonderful <sighs> journalist on Vice? Who uh, did his one-star Yelp review? Uh, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> Dude. He's he, like, I went to a one-star strip club. I fucking hit that guy. Yeah, he just has the most punchable face. Yeah, he's also the dude that went to the ventriloquist convention with the intent of punching down the entire time. Yeah. Which is why I, I hate that guy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even want to talk about food. I don't know why I brought that up. I before we were recording, I mentioned that Food's the enemy. I'm all soil it now, by the way. I um <laughs> have been listening to a bunch of pro wrestling 
podcast now. Oh yeah. And it's been inspiring me to actually like get after it, like working out again. So I've been lifting <sighs> and I've been doing good. Yeah. So then I was <laughs> yesterday when we were playing a uh, adventure of conquer a king, uh, which is D and D basically. We, we all know. I, <laughs> I, I went, fuck it. And there's a thing where when you have too many people and you order too much food, yeah. uh, Wendy's will be like, you can't order over a hundred dollars. They just cut you off. Correct. So then we're like, okay. And then a couple people were pulling their order out. It's restaurant dependent. Yeah. It, uh, on the, on the and delivery well, services. And fucking Chuggy, who survived, survived the mall shooting, he was like, no, what do you say? No Popeyes, no Taco Bell, because he already ate them or something. So then he wanted only Wendy's. So we're like, fine. Two people Hell backed yeah. out. I was like, what we can't do that. I'm like, if we back out, let's just, we'll order something later because it was early. And I'm like, it's fine. I'll order something again. And fuck, man, I didn't back off either time. I got like, what, a double bacon burger meal the first time. We ate a good breakfast before that. And then the third time at Taco Bell, I did a Nacho Supreme crunch wrap and a volcano burrito because the volcano shit's back. What's the volcano? All the volcano stuff's back. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. It's just a hot, creamy, like nacho thing. Randy, you can you isolate any- hot, him saying hot and creamy? Oh, Randy. Get, <laughs> you get- fell into my trap. Get ready. <laughs> You'll be isolating a lot later on. <laughs> I also well, we had teasing. Wendy's yesterday. Oh, really? What'd you get? Uh, the only thing I ever get at Wendy's, which is the number six, the spicy chicken sandwich meal. Yeah. It was right, mediocre. Well, <laughs> yeah, Wendy's has fallen down, dude. Wendy's- Our Wendy's is good. Incorrect. They keep oh, wow. fucking up the number six. They cannot make a decent chicken sandwich. I don't know. It is that. either dry or the 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 bun was made during prohibition. Super stale, super dry, it's trash. Also, don't get a bun. And also tell you this. I do lettuce wrap. It's the lettuce wrap. <laughs> <laughs> lettuce wrap. <laughs> now I'll tell you. I think I have Oh no. I try to do it on the on the sly. But nothing can get done on the sly in this house. So I get, I Randy, you should know that I get publicly humiliated for the amount of McDonald's orders that I <laughs> that I get in this house. I try to do it in secret, but it, it is always broadcast loudly throughout what, this house. You get a gigantic bag. It's that's how they deliver it. I don't ask for the bag. <laughs> it's a huge bag. That's how they do it. It takes up half the garbage that can. That is when you how throw it. they do it. <laughs> That is how they do. And I'll tell you, that is why I that is why I liked it very much because every I know for a fact if if something is messed up with the order, it was one hundred percent the restaurant because they always make it sealed in the bag. They tape the top of it, but I mean, it is a straight up grocery bag with yeah, a handle. It's big that they get because they fit the drink in there. I always know that I will get my drink. And that's yeah, the hey, big problem yeah. with DoorDash is because they always forget to drink. Well, everything is self-contained in this giant grocery bag. Well, yesterday, I and I'll tell you, I only got McDonald's because I crave that Diet Coke from McDonald's. Really? It is the best. It is the best. Weird. And they gave me a Coke. <laughs> did and you I collapse? Was furious. <laughs> and what else did they mess up? Oh, then they didn't give me my Mac sauce because now through oh the through God. the app, you can you can get Mac sauce to dip your nugs in, dude, hmm. or dip your fries in, dude, and it is the tits, and you can only get it through the DoorDash app. What is that like Thousand Island and ketchup? 
Well, Thousand Island is mayonnaise and ketchup and relish, essentially. Okay, what's Mac sauce? Pretty much that. Got some Grimace blood in there? Dude, what is the deal with the Grimace thing? Um. Okay, so did you try any of it? The Grimace shake? No, anything? the Grimace shake. Your no, boy Chugs, uh, a.k.a. Fat Terrell, he, he pounded like eight Grimace shakes, dude. Oh, uh, that, that was good. Badland Chugs? Yeah, Badland Chugs. Am I going to have to reorder McDonald's again? I think they're gone now. His birthday's over, dude. Is it over? I have yeah. been seeing it advertised. So the Grimace thing, again, uh, you know, shout out to everybody who's been sending us Grimace horror reels or TikToks. There's some um, good ones. Yeah, there are. The The idea was when that um, Burger King did the Spider-Man burger that looked... Remember, okay, you remember back in the day when they did the Halloween Whopper and it made your poop turn green? And that's yeah. what scared everybody? Well, when they brought the Spider-Man one back, I think there was a little bit of that anxiety carried over. And people, it got popular to make like, I ate the the Whopper and now I'm dead. Like jokes. But when Grimace came out, people took it to the next level. They're already primed for it. And this was like the new hot way to get trendy. So there were, uh... there were a couple good ones. My favorite opened up with a, uh, one of those like um, generative speech uh, reels where somebody's like, I bought this camcorder at Goodwill. Here's what the tape had. And it's like four kids drinking Grimace shakes back in the day and they die via Blair Witch style yeah. rural. Yeah. No, it's really good. But yeah, that's why. It's the fucking Spider-Man Whopper. Interesting. Are you looking up a McDonald's menu right now? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it has. It's uh, gone, right? It's gone. Yeah. We lost it. That's, you know, it, you, if you create scarcity, supply and demand will follow. Yeah. How do you think Rolex has maintained <laughs> them being the top brand? You know, and I do, it's funny because whenever you order, it's usually on a Friday when Terrell comes over and he's like, oh, Clark always gets his McDonald's. And then I'm like, he See? really doesn't. It's one day. But then I, I also like to make fun of you for because I'm like, dude, you order so much bougie shit. I'm like, what the fuck's with the big McDonald's? You bag? have to balance it out. For again, <laughs> I can't control the size of the bag. That's just how they do it. But I will say, I do like it because it's all compact there. You know, it's an easy piece. The fries are good. You can't fight them. The fries have a have a shelf life of. I'm going to say 15 minutes out yeah. of the fryer. Yeah. Well, you could throw them in the air fryer. It will bring them back to life. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm again morally against the air fryer. Yeah, I know. And also, you although I'm like having, a, you eat like a damn mouse. And I, you like nibble and then you put it back. So those fries ain't gonna well, work. Well, because it's it's all about uh, tasting things and going back to it. It's a problem. I don't taste shit. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I just swallow it all. I understand. That's a tease so for a movie we play later. Play different on. games. Yeah, I, which I inhaled all of my talk, dude. I left the crunch wrap. I'm like, I'm not. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna keep that for tomorrow it didn't make it i fucking pounded all of that food and then i wanted to jump off a cliff mcdonald's has the best nug so i disagree their plasma is okay who i don't know who if you say burger king i will reach across no, this table and like, kick you uh, in the nose i think i like um don't jack say. in the crack their chicken strips were good but that's a different thing that's, i'm talking it's nugs. not plasma yeah you can't contain. you gotta get the feathers and the beaks in there nugs nugs are it all right, let's stop talking about food. I already want to puke. All right, before we before we kick things off, uh, with the with the old with the old rigmarole, uh, I issue an apology 
about last week's episode. Uh, I it, this is a three staged apology. Um, number one, I would like to apologize to the individual. Um, number two, I'd like to apologize uh, to our listeners, and number three, I would like to apologize to the entire nation. About time. Thank you so much. Last week I talked about the excellent movie Video Man, um, and for reasons I don't fully understand, um, I I clicked on his link and I called him a her. So I called Christian a lady. I thought it was weird, but it was foreign too, so I'm like, eh. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> uh, since that time, I have since talked to Christian, uh, so I apologize for misgendering. They, they were pissed. And that's, you know, yeah. we have a perfect track record on this show. <laughs> Of a uh, hundred for a hundred. I believe the DM went it's gender video association. Man, thank you so much. With two M's. Thank you so much. Two so, N's. Again, I apologize uh, to the individual, to the show, and to the entire nation for my misgenderment. Right. Out of reasons I don't even fully understand. On that, I think I think when I read a different language, my mind goes blank. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, chalk that up to being um, dumb American. That checks out. That's that's the game I play, baby. High off a of Fourth of July. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, that's a that's is that Frederick Wiseman's <laughs> next documentary? <laughs> what would he film? A lot. He's like, I was in a parking lot for a month. He's talking about opioid pandemic. Yeah, but Wiseman, high on the Fourth of July. No, no, Wiseman. The fentanyl. His subject is a location. So if you were going to do the 4th of July, it'd have to be yeah, like... Yeah, Civic Center, San Francisco. It's empty for, <laughs> for most of the documentary, and then it... Tent be, Town. That would just be a traditional documentary. Yeah, I, it'd be I have news for you guys on the Wiseman front. He died. Oh, right, uh, hit the stinger. Oh, my God. Breaking news. Roger this actually isn't really that recent, but uh, he actually did a narrative feature, which came out like two years ago, which I haven't seen. We're hitting all the uh, notes in the stinger. Wait, he really did a narrative two years ago? Randy, we've been doing the show for seven, and you were his number one suck-suck boy. Well, here's the thing. If Randy doesn't cover it, it means he doesn't like it. If Randy doesn't cover it, the tree falls in the forest. Who heard it? (laughs) Oh, okay. It's literally called A Couple. It came out, uh, it played Cannes Film Festival. It's an hour and three minutes long. I don't know if it ever got distribution in the States. No, I just Googled it. It's called A Cuckold. God. (laughs) Again, stay tuned. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah. Why um, haven't you seen it? Is it not available? Not that I've seen. I mean, it may have just been dropped somewhere and I never noticed, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. And neither did anybody else. You got to scour the interwebs, dude. Do a little bit of that DW shit. You know what I mean? All right. Well, hi, sure. hi off an apology. Let's uh, start the show officially. It is July 9th, Sunday at 2.30. And this is the best film podcast out there. It's 223. I rounded up. Don't (laughs) manipulate time. All right. Randy Michael Stat over there in Atlanta, Georgia. What's up, dude? Hell yeah. So I'm coming at you today on this horror movie (laughs) podcast with two dramas. What are you, Ice Cube? What the fuck? Yeah, dude. I was trying to hype up my movies that are going to sound incredibly boring to uh, one Russell <laughs> no. Fisher over there. No, no, we're going to help you out, dude. Don't worry. You got Biodome up first, so this is going to be good. Yeah. Is that I, a skill watched... saw or a baby crying? I think I can it's actually a skill barely saw. hear it. 
it's it's a uh, skill saw on a baby, dude. Hostile three. Actually, there already is hostile three. Hostile three. <laughs> hostile three is not bad. Randy, back to you. Yeah, this morning I uh, rented the movie Biosphere, directed yeah. by Mel Eslin, um, written by Mel Eslin and Mark Duplass, and also uh, starring Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown. And essentially, yeah, they're the only two people uh, in the entire movie, which is uh, about an hour and 45 minutes. Um, and essentially, it's like a not, it's like a near future type of movie where essentially like the uh, world ended and um, one of the characters built this biosphere that they're living in. And uh, yeah, they're kind of um, the only two people left on earth. And um, they have essentially like a little, you know, place to grow vegetables and they have like a, uh, a pond that has some fish uh, in it, which they can, uh, you know, eat when they, you know, have enough uh, in there and sort of uh, enough to sustain, essentially. Um, they also have, I feel like I hear music in the background, too. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a legion of demons there. singing yeah. in unison. Yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, I essentially, guess. they're... I'll try and close that. Uh, they're, you know, bent. They don't really get into, like, what exactly happened you get the sense that uh mark duplass is apparently was the apparently the president and that he did something that uh fucked stuff up and he essentially is potentially maybe responsible or he thinks he's responsible for uh the world ending i don't really think that's a spoiler because it's it doesn't really matter uh too much but it uh was produced by both the duplass brothers um it feels very much like you know early sort of uh, Duplass Brothers uh, type of movie, just sort of like this um, drama between two two dudes that are uh, stuck together, and they seem to be very okay. good friends. They have a Super Nintendo system. They play a lot of Mario Brothers. Uh, they talk about Mario Brothers a lot. They watch Lethal Weapon um, a bunch, and they, like, you know, have sort of funny just, like, uh, movie references back to each other, and they sort of, like... They have they run around their little sphere just for exercise and stuff, and uh, you kind of just get a sense of how they're they're living. Um, and then essentially, I won't get into it too much because it's uh, kind of changes the way, kind of changes the movie. Uh, Thirty minutes in, but essentially something happens to their uh, essentially their like their biosphere. Um, and they have to sort of adapt to, to sort of figure out how to um, survive from there. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a really well written, very well acted, um, good drama. Um, Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown um, are very good in the movie. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's kind of hard to talk about without getting into sort of spoiler territory. But I think, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's written very well. And um, for being a one location, two person movie, um, keeps it rather interesting. Um, there's some, you know, sort of twists, um, as you go along, but, um, yeah, I, I really dug it. I think it's a, I don't know. It's probably playing theaters. It might be in San Francisco, probably playing in like the New York and LA, but it is on a VOD for, I think the usual like six ninety nine or whatever. It's good though. What the fuck has Duplass been up to? I don't know. He produces a bunch of shit. I don't know if he Great acts three. a ton. Um, I wish Creep 3 would come It's coming. 
Is it? I think. Um, I don't think so. Uh-huh. It may have been a dream. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it on here. That motherfucker, I, I heard a podcast with him where he talked about his work ethic and having not a lot of money, but still sleeping eight hours a night and working out every day and just being like healthy. And he's like, if I'm good, the product's good. And he seemed like such a cool kind of like well-run indie dude. Yeah. And then like well-adjusted. Is he like out of touch? Like, is this movie still like got his vibe? Cause he used to feel very quirky and weird. Like, like baghead. Like if you go way back. Yeah. Like that shit was like, what am I watching? Yeah. But it, it wasn't that different. It just felt like, I don't know. It was almost like uh, mumblecore or something. Like yeah. it wasn't that they were doing anything like visually striking, but it's like the storytelling. And I, yeah, I don't know. Is this still got that kind of vibe? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely got a bit of a mumblecore type of vibe. Um, but I will say that like, yeah, you, you know, it has good production value. I mean, they there's one location, but it looks like, you know, they spent a decent amount of money to make the place look sort of like lived in and real. Um, yeah, and the cool. cinematography looks like really good too. Um, so, you know, like the earlier stuff, which I'm sure you had a ton less money. It looks like it was kind of like almost shot on shot on video back in the day, but it's definitely similar sort of a, sort of a vibe to, you know, stuff that you're used to seeing him in. Yeah. It, because, you know, really like cool indie film and indie horror, when you don't have anything, if you have a good idea, that's enough. Like tell yeah. a cool story. And this looks, you know, it worried me a little bit because on IMDb, it's playing the trailer and it looks like there's some money here. You're right. The production is on point. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it was, I mean, I don't know how much it would have cost to make, but yeah, it looks like they uh, definitely spent money on the, the one location, which is good. I mean, if that's all you're really working with and you know, it has like a, essentially looks like a big, a big dome and you can see outside, but outside is just black. Um, but there's like, yeah, these big windows and like, like I said, they have like a whole thing going on with sort of like a, a garden and like a uh, fish in like a pond that they made themselves, which, you know, I don't know the science of, uh, how that works, but yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Well, they had a fish budget. <laughs> I said something. Yeah. I was looking for, um, just the budget. They didn't put up a fucking indie. He's listed as 5'10". I think he's shorter. Two oh, plus. He looks... F- no, we're going to claim him as a short king, dude. All right. <laughs> well, I think 5'10 is a short king. Were you going to check out this movie? No. Are you a Duplass guy? I feel like you're not. What are you talking about? I cut my teeth with the Duplass. <laughs> with the Dupli. I love the Dupli. All right. Yeah, I, I haven't heard about him since he was doing that show on HBO, right? Was it HBO? Room 237, no. whatever it's called. <laughs> that is not the name of the show. Room 141. Room 343. Room 104. That's it. Thanks, Cobra. Uh, yeah. Okay. How many stars, Randall? Uh, probably a solid three and a half, four. Somewhere in between. Whoa, three, seven, what five. the? F- Randy, you make decisions on this show. <laughs> three and a half or four? Three, seven, five. Okay. Oh. It's split three- the difference. Dude, you're the second motherfucker within a 24-hour period that said that. Like, oh, if I could do 375 on Three folks, I, three times, like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Make a damn commitment. You're on Doughboy scores over here. Yeah, man. Make some arbitrary rules and stick to them like I did. That's right. Yeah. Three star is <laughs> equals zero. 
<laughs> for me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Randy, next, what else? The next drama that I saw, I saw in theaters at the uh, lovely Plaza Theater here in town, uh, directed by Celine Song. Uh, it's called Past Lives. It is also oh, an boy. hour and 45 minutes. Oh um, and it is, yeah, it's essentially a drama about these. Uh, so the main character played by Greta Lee, her name is Nora, and she grew up in South Korea. And when she was like 11, her parents immigrated to Canada. And she had a really good, uh, you know, very also young uh, male friend back in the day. And they were kind of just had like a, cute like kid relationship meet cute um, exactly yeah but uh they never really got a chance to say like an official goodbye to each other i think they probably just you know didn't really have the the words for it back in the day and then after she immigrates to canada they go like 12 years without um ever talking and she uh also she changes her name to nora from something that is more korean i forget what it was but um Essentially, like 12 years later is around when like Facebook and like Skype is sort of uh, getting like a little bit bigger and sort of like easier to use and easier to find people on the internet. So the um, young kid, uh, his name was Haesung, um, essentially finds her through a couple methods on the internet and they connect uh, again via Skype. And um, they never meet, but they essentially, um, Nora calls it off essentially. And she's like, Hey, I'm getting a little, like need to like focus on my shit that I got going on here. Um, she had moved to New York by then at that point, I believe. But then another 12 years from then, uh, Hey uh, messages Nora again. And Nora is now married to character played by John Magaro, who's very good in this movie. And, um, Hey essentially is, says that he's coming to New York and he wants to visit. And uh, essentially, it's a very sort of like a before sunrise, before sunset type of movie where like not a ton happens. But um, yeah, it's very sort of like there's a lot of like longing and you can tell that they have like good chemistry when it comes to visit. But obviously, she's married and he lives in Korea and he has no plans to, you know, move to the U.S. and she has no plans to go back to Korea. Um, so you kind of just spend a couple, I think he's there for like two days or something, or they spend like two days together. Um, and the boyfriend or the husband, um, goes with them to a bar one night too. And it's, uh, kind of awkward, but I don't know. I thought the writing was pretty interesting the way they sort of like dealt with that, uh, relationship and everything. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very solid, uh, drama. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of cute. It's kind of a uh, sad at the same time, but, um, yeah, all the performances were uh, very good, uh, very believable. You definitely felt like these people had history, even though you know it's uh, it's all it's all made up. Apparently, it's a very um, personal story to the director Cel- Celine Song. Apparently, she went through something uh, sort of like this, so that's where uh, the idea came from. Yeah, it's good, but it's a uh, boring movie to talk about on this horror movie <laughs> podcast. No, Randy. You just got to paint the picture. What what time of day did you watch it? Uh, good question. I don't remember. <laughs> Not you, late because I would have fallen asleep probably. Were you alone? Always. Dark room? 
you really get like that cinematic vibe. You turn off all the lights, blackout oh, curtain. Yeah. Beautiful cinematography, you know, a lot of uh, shots of just people walking around New York, which I love, you know? Yeah. It, it's a comedy and it's, no, it's not a comedy. It's a drama and a romance. So yeah. probably a lot of warm tones. I just sure. imagine you in a uh, cavernous room on a couch with the being lit by the TV, completely stone faced watching this love triangle. <laughs> I feel like we should get Frederick uh, Wiseman to do a doc on you. That would be incredible. They, we just, Randy, why did you watch this? Was it like a cinematic interest? It's like, a big movie. Everybody's talking about this movie. I don't, okay, but Randy is a robot. He doesn't tear. He doesn't cry. He doesn't laugh. Randy is an appreciator of the art form. <laughs> yeah. I like dramas when they're done well. This is it A24? I did not right. cry at this movie, though. He didn't cry. <laughs> did you? He's stone-faced. Did you get a warm, tingly feeling? Yeah, maybe a in little bit. Yeah. Everybody's like, beautiful in this movie. Beautiful is a problem. We need some That's ugly. That's what I'm saying. Ugly. Clark, Clark and I has, have famously talked off of record about how Koreans are very attractive people. Oh, what's her name in this movie? She's she's one of the most beautiful people Wait, I've ever seen. What seen. does that matter? Okay, Incredible. well, she's Randy, very pretty. Okay, I get it now. It's mid afternoon. Randy's got a coffee. The lights are out. It's a warm, lit light broadcasting from his TV onto him solo on the couch. And he's hard as a rock. He's like, the Koreans are hot. I, I understand. Whatever now. works. Yeah. The Koreans are beautiful people. He wasn't tearing from the eye, but that's he what had, the song's about. He had a drip coming from someplace else. I understand. Ooh, that could have gone several ways. Again, stay one's tuned. Really not good. For my Probably last from movie. my nose. I have allergies. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, the tissue would have helped either way. Sure, sure. <laughs> How many stars, yeah. Randy? How many stars? Four. Whoa, Ooh, fuck. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know if I want to go down this. So you'd rather watch this? I don't want to go through all these feels, dude. Well, hold on, because so it's a four. I mean, I get an, liking a drama and and a romance too. Like, there's a lot of like cinematic value there, but it's a good story. I just think like what's what's a like classic drama like The Notebook, right? Isn't never that considered oh, really a classic drama? Yeah, I've never seen it. That's a dime store fucking yeah, but pharmacy that, No, book. hold on. No, because the notebook is like, it's got cinematic weight because it's the boy of Cassavetes too. It's Nick. He directed That's what and, he does. He makes movies. Yeah. He makes those fucking. Then, so no, that's a good example. Carmen Diaz with cancer. Well, it's, it's like a tribute to good storytelling using the cinematic medium. I understand that. But I just don't. He makes emotionally manipulative film. <laughs> propaganda pieces? Emotional He's, propaganda. Okay. Isn't that what drama is then? Yeah, but it's, I mean, it, 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 you know, the notebook, I mean, that James Patterson, it takes it to a, not James Patterson, who did the fucking notebook? Whatever Nick the, Cassavetes. No, God damn it. You're talking about an actor? No, talking who about wrote, the book? That oh, who wrote from? it? The author, yeah. It looks Nicholas like, Sparks. Oh. Nicholas Sparks, thank you so much. From the band. Not James Patterson. <laughs> yeah, all that Nicholas, I mean, it's trash. Well, what's your favorite author you were talking about earlier? Uh, C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, okay, first of all, again. <laughs> God, the way you paint things. Oh, with a broad stroke. On the wrong <laughs> canvas. On the wrong with side the of the canvas. Paint. There you go. Um, oh, on the wrong side of the canvas. Yeah. That's, that's good. I, that's art. 
the outsider. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Do you not have the bad to the bone theme anymore? I probably Did you kick deleted it, out? it. No. Why? I do. I don't know what you're talking about. That should about. be the. That should be. That should be a staple. We need to bring uh, Nilo back to operate yeah, the soundboard. I mean, I just don't understand the upkeep of how you. Why would you even drop? <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. You're safe. Here's the thing. I want to focus on your words, and I'm not trying to make a joke out of everything. So I then can't. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I know it. It works better with Randy because he's over here with his tissue watching you, hot you Koreans. Comparing this to the Notebook is insane. It's what are you talking about? What's a classic drama then? Okay, but th- th- your understanding of a classic drama. What does that even mean? I think you're trying that's to say what, a love story. To I think that's what you're trying to say. No, because a love story could be like uh, what's that zombie movie? That's a horror. Like, well, what could a classic drama be? 10 million things. Well, I mean, drama as in like, uh, you know, on the drama shelf at a video store. Look. Again. Drama romance, the notebook. Then we go back to past lives, drama romance. Sure. Perfect example. Sure. But you're you're forgetting the whole romance side. You're only focused on the drama. And that's what's very confusing to me. I remember it being very romantic because the bitch had Alzheimer's and she couldn't again, remember it. The notebook. That, <laughs> again, that was adapted from a novel. That was, again, a very broad, I think, teen novel shit. You shouldn't call them broads, dude. This is why you get in trouble with gender. And this every girl in high school wanted to model their life after this stupid-ass movie. Okay, so that, therefore, it is more effective than past lives. And also, it's manipulative. Because there's a twist with it, too. And like, oh, it's the best thing ever. It's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Just like McDonald's and Wendy's. But we eat it because it's part of our lives. Because this is America, and this is what we do. And it's a necessary evil. <laughs> but this is what Brandy's talking about. This is elevated. This is A24. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay? Because this is what it is now. The times has evolved. So I'm trying to make, I'm trying to point this in your direction now. I'm trying to make this an argument for you. I'm trying to make this your argument. Uh huh. And I'm having a difficult time. But. Yeah. No, I I think you did good. It's why we complain about A24, because he just watched an elevated drama romance, not a propaganda drama romance. Yeah, but I mean, right now, that's why I think you called me out, but I I was reaching for my phone, but I think I'm charging it. Oh, I thought it was a gun you were going for. Uh, Because I'm, I'm, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm back into uh, sports gambling. And, oh my uh, god! <laughs> and uh, I got a new application, and uh, within this application, uh, I can bet on futures of things, sports futures, and also Academy Award futures. And I was looking at this, and they already got bets down for uh, the favorites. And I wanted to double check my app, but I don't have it on me. Um, and I think Past Lives may be leading um, in that category. Hell yeah! Man, I tried to Google top romance drama movies. I don't know any of them. <laughs> what 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 does Google tell you? Wh- which which category do you want? Top picks for you, which would be me. Romantic dramas, romantic drama thrillers, rom- new romantic dramas, well, romantic we- drama comedy, romantic drama. Ro- let's go romantic dramas because that has been the the thesis of our conversation. Popular romantic dramas. You hurt my feelings. Beautiful disaster. Good movie. Safe Haven, Perfect ad- perfect Addiction, My First Summer, Never Let Me Go, Remember Me, which I do know, 
that's the case to uh uh what the hell's his name batman he played bruce wayne oh, yeah, yeah, rob yeah. Pat. thank you rob pat movie and then spring hell the yeah. horror movie yeah but i would argue that does have a good uh romantic um plot to it but again this yeah. is bullshit these aren't like classic what titanic would that be one sure all right everything goes all roads lead to james cameron too soon, dude. <laughs> oh, he passed away too? That's right. He took a little trip. He decided to get on the submarine? He has his own. He took a badass submarine yeah, down there. Yeah. Made a movie about it because the man <laughs> knows how to make money at all times. It just takes him 10 years. That's right. Randy, anything else? No, that's uh, about it. I spent most of yesterday watching an entire season of a cooking show that is uh, okay. It's on Hulu. But I, uh, Friday night, I went to, uh, see Buddy Christian, his band, uh, Clot play. And I also went to another show down the street and I drank three beers over like five hours. And I woke up Saturday morning feeling not, I didn't have a headache, but I felt incredibly tired the whole day. I woke up congested and I didn't sleep well. And so yesterday I just put on some mindless, uh, cooking TV. It was good. I mean, that's how I structured my whole life, brother. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> Is that right there? If anything, I am self-aware. <laughs> we'll see you next week. What is this cooking show? It's called Secret Chef. I almost forgot the name already. That's a good sign. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's a good sign when you can't remember what you were dedicating your I time to. I finished the last two episodes this morning. Who won? Jeff? Yep, Jeff won. Sneaky Jeff. <laughs> Although my bunny was on Betty. It spells it G-E-O-F-F, though. Yeah, I know. Dude, the worst. <laughs> the worst way to spell Jeff. All right. Uh, we've got more to talk about in the territory <laughs> of Clark's $5 iTunes exploration. So here we go. Starting off. 1994. A motion picture directed by the great... Mike Nichols, okay? This is a man gave us The Graduate. You understand? The Birdcage. Also, Charlie Wilson's War was his last movie. I rewatched Charlie Wilson's War. What a hunk of shit that movie is. <laughs> it's not good. Um, I remember liking it, um, but that was when I had less wrinkles in my brain, I think. Because it's, it's, just, it's just not a good movie. Um, more on that never. Uh, but again, Mike Nichols, you know, this is, uh, he's a legend in, uh, in the film industry. And, uh, he made a werewolf movie in 1994 starring Jack Nicholson. Russell, have you ever seen this movie? I did a long time ago. Wolf. It, did it leave any impression on you? I just remember him hitting a wolf in it with his car. Yep. That's it. That's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And for many, it was the end. Just kidding. <laughs> um, this is an interesting movie. Now, uh, again, I, I wanted to lead with Wolf because uh, Russell John the Fisherman and Randy Michael Stan. Uh, this is listed as a drama romance. Oh, really? Horror. Oh. So a little. Here's the thing. Also, um, can you scroll? Look at the poster that it has on, on uh, IMDb. That's a nice poster. I hate it. You don't like it? No. Why? It looks dumb. I kind of like it. 
That's a guaranteed way to get me not to watch your werewolf movie. It looks like there's a uh, color palette change of Nicholas's face. That's it. Nicholson. Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. <laughs> um, you don't like the caption, the animal is out? No. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. There's proportion problems, too. He looks I don't know. bigger I, than him. Can I tell you? Yeah, but that's why I kind of like it. I don't know. I like the color contrast. I uh, looks I, like a, co- a cover to a novel. I like how blurry it is. I like that one too. Yeah, there's a, there's all I, of them on IMDb. That's that that's the one that uh, is on the iTunes, but it's not in Slavic or whatever that is. That's tight. Yeah, Lobo, Lobo. Here's the thing. Uh, this movie uh, is is I think it's fine. I think that's the best way to put it. Fucking two hours long. Holy it's shit. two hours long. Um, there's a lot of people in this. Michelle Pfeiffer's in this. She's good. Jack Nicholson is, is, uh, you know, he's Jack Nicholson. He's doing what he does. He got bit by a wolf in New England and, uh, then slowly turns into a werewolf. The, the effects in here are pretty good. Yeah. They shy away from any on-screen violence. So there are cutaways and there's not a real... Full commitment to horror here. They really wanted to lean more on the dramatic element of the story, and that's fine. But as a horror fan, you want more. And again, if you are a horror, if you're a horror fan and you watch this movie, yeah, you're gonna it's gonna leave uh, you wanting more because it does shy away from that. However, the effects are solid. I really like how Jack Nicholson looks when he becomes a werewolf. Um, you know, spoiler alert, the movie's been out for 20 years, uh, when James Spader becomes a werewolf as well. Um, there's good makeup stuff here. Christopher Plummer's in this. It's a good story. And, um, it, it, uh, I, I did not feel that I wasted two hours and, uh, it's, it's solid. It's fine. It's a nice three for me. And that does not mean a zero. Three is a nice, it's, it's fine. Maybe three and a half. Three and three and <laughs> three and two three two five. Can, is that allowed? A three two five? I'll yeah, let's it. do that. Sure. Yeah. It's fine. Also, yesterday I watched two movies. You understand? Two movies. Both of which iTunes five dollar movies. These are very big titles. You understand? Cornerstones of the current American movie landscape, as far as I'm concerned. At least that's how I'm billing this. These are two movies uh, that have been in the the lexicon of the public ever since these movies were made. And Clark has not seen these movies in his entire existence up until yesterday, July the 8th. Let's talk about Michael Bay's The Rock. <laughs> my man, you're back, Daddy O. Oh my God, this is a good movie. That must be Criterion put it out, dude. Okay, I'll say this: it's fun. It's fine. Um, Connery's good, man. He's he was good when he was good. He was good when he wasn't beating women off film. He was <laughs> kicking ass of men on film. Um, he also liked to talk about slapping women yeah. a good bit too. They don't make them like that anymore. Um, dude, he was, he's great. 
Um, when this thing works, it works. It's, it's, uh, it's very stupid and that's okay. Uh, Ed Harris's character, you know, where he plays a military general and he goes off the rails and he's trying to get back at the American government. So he decides that he's going to blow up San Francisco <laughs> to get back at the American government. Do it. Uh, if for, in trade of $100 million so that it could pay his 83 soldiers, $1 million a piece. And then the remaining $17 million will be up to his discretion on how he wants to split that. Um, yeah. All that was highly stupid, but, uh, you know, Nicholas Cage plays this, um, poison expert um you know he's this uh, fancy scientist and he is i mean you know this is what 1995 is the rock is that right I think 96 you're around there. 96 yeah. yeah you know this is i mean you know this is uh this is prime cage when did when did snake eyes come out like 94 so like he's already had some big movies right 96 cage is already on top of it right let's scroll down to uh let's go around 96 let's see what uh Oh my god. Big movies. Okay. Yeah, honeymoon in Vegas. Oh yeah. So Leaving Las Vegas. That was yeah. So he had already had the um you know the uh the Oscar push there. And uh this was you know, this was the kickoff. The Rock followed by Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, Snake Eyes, Eight Millimeter, Bringing Out the Dead, Gone in Sixty Seconds, The Family Man. Then Captain Corelli's mandolin, and the end, the beginning of the end has started. <laughs> God, that was a stretch there. He was on those were hits yeah. after hits, man. Yeah, what dude? He's uh, you know, big man. <laughs> he's coming to Dead by Daylight, and I can't fucking wait. I but are they going to grab any other properties? Is it just going to be I, him? Doing- I can only imagine they will. Or just him as a uh, bad lieutenant port of call New Orleans. Oh my God. That I'll sign up for that. Uh, but yeah, what were we talking about? The Rock. Yes. <laughs> and, man, also, I will say, what did they spend? Maybe five minutes at the real Alcatraz? They're not there much at all. They, you know, the whole thing is about them getting in the tunnels to get into the prison because that is where they had the, all the hostages there um, on the island uh, that they have taken over. Hey, they got a hilarious goof here on IMDb. For operational security reasons, Navy SEALs never acknowledge each other by rank, nor do they use their surnames. Everyone on a SEAL team, even the officers, only address each other by first name. How'd they fuck that up? These idiots and Criterion put this shit out? Man. (laughs) Everybody knows that. I mean, it's it's fine. You know, It's, uh, it's fun. It's silly fun. Rock five stars. <laughs> now, also, I'll wrap up this segment talking about how we do. I'm I'm going through these pretty quickly. All right, I'm doing okay. Yeah. God so, damn, seventy five million dollar budget on that movie. On the Rock. Yeah, they spent it, brother. Worldwide, it made three hundred thirty five million. So let me tell you something. For nineteen ninety six, it's pretty good. Yeah. They they tore up. Parts of San Francisco, dude. That scene with the uh, with the trolley going off the rails. Some of that. You talk about it like I remember this movie at all. <laughs> did you ever see it? It's one of those movies that was on TV all the time when I did not give a fuck about movies at all. I was in between playing baseball, basketball, football, and people would be like, oh, this is good. And be like, I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, Miss Alcatraz, this is your backyard, brother. Not, I yeah, like I should care. And Sean Connery, <laughs> you've modeled your adult life after him. We just had some family out here, and we were talking to him, like, "Oh, what are you doing in town?" And they're like, "Oh, we took the Alcatraz tour, and they have a night one." And they're like, "What did you think?" I'm like, "I haven't been out there. I don't know." Who wants to go to Alcatraz? Let's you go should go, though. It's kind I, of fun. I, it's one of those things that you do in every other state or city. No, for sure. And then no, you come back and you're like, I should probably do it here. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put yourself in a situation. I mean, that, that's what, the only reason why I did it is because, you know, family came. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do the night tour? I have not done a night tour. Yeah. They said they kind of let you do whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, go hang out. I'd like to do that. Yeah, me too. Let's do it. Do a podcast from Alcatraz. Right. <laughs> Randy, you want to fly out for a night <laughs> night tour of Alcatraz? Yeah, let's go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Total Recall was seen by me. Never seen Total Recall. As we talked about, you know, hey, Verhoeven, he's my guy. Love a Verhoeven. So why haven't I seen Total Recall? Well, as you know. I suffer from a, a little disorder called uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger fatigue. I was going to say low T. ASF. Also, <laughs> low T. Which is why I don't like Schwarzenegger because he's all T. Yeah. He took all my T, dude. <laughs> spilled it. He's supposed to inspire your T to come like rally. I don't know, man. I think it's just the Austrian thing. It's hard for me to hear that accent and like it. Because it was around the 4th of July, you're like, I can't cheer for the son of a Nazi. He is a perfect heel, yet we, we parade him as a face. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if he is a good heel. He's a heel. Did Wasn't he a heel in The Expendables? And wasn't he not great? No, 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 no. I'm saying as a person, he is a heel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think at his in his core, he's really not, though, because if you watch Pumping Iron, his dad was an SS officer, and I think he carries a lot of guilt. And I think he really wants to be a hero, but he's just... You know, I don't like how he treats people. <laughs> I've heard stories. You understand? You seen his boy with the maid? Everybody's no. touting him as like, like he got the body, he got the gene. Really? Yeah, yeah. What happened to the other one who's a New York theater boy? Uh, he's too um, I don't know. He's too white. <laughs> he's boring. He he does like he got more of the Kennedy gene. He'll yeah, exactly. There, I remember the last time I watched that one, he was with his dad. And it was his birthday, and he was like, I want to say happy birthday to the only person I know who wears a jacket with their name embroidered on it, lifting a weight naked. Because, you know, he's just got the thought, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I'm more into the the maid's son who's out there pumping iron. Baby Gronk? <laughs> <laughs> that's psycho. Uh, dude, what you, dude, Total Recall rips. It's fantastic. It's, it's, I don't know why. I, uh... I mean, Arnold's the worst part of this movie, to be honest with you. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You know, here's the thing. It's, you know, you're talking about A24 and like the notebook and how it's based on a novel. This is a movie that very serious people wanted to make. And then they cast Arnold and they're like, we can't make that movie now. We have to rewrite the whole thing because if Arnold's in this movie, it will not work. We have to make the movie for him. Oh, because there's a Philip K. Dick at it. Yeah. So that's why that, that 2012 one what Colin Farrell came out because they're like, we're going to do the way we wanted to. And then they bring in the master of subversion. Dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, fucking that's Hollywood though. Arnold, he's large. Oh yeah. And Verhoeven knew. Yeah. He knows what he's well, doing. He's a genius. Also, it's fucking good. It's really good. Well, here's the thing. If you want to take the psychological angle and you're thinking, cause this movie's all about 
is he really a hero? It's kind of got that they live narrative, or is he just living the reality that he paid for in the total recall thing? And you're like, well, he's a jack dude working a lame ass job. This probably is what he fantasizes about. You kind of get it's a little. It's mm, dude, it works in that. I'm hesitant to say Blade Runner esque. It's it, you know. Do you know what I'm getting? At? Like it's it, it touches on that noir side a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does totally. You know, and especially in that sort of um, you know sci-fi you know dystopian background. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it I works just think, today too. But also, you know, you we get that weird um, Verhoeven effects. It's camp. Uh, There's yes. a little bit of camp. Which is perfect. It works, yeah. But it works perfectly in that dystopian thing, like with the face, with the woman at yeah. the airport. Well, Beautiful. you know, you let a little bit of cartoon come into like the the dystopian future, and it's like, well, if this is like a fantasy that an AI computer is yeah. feeding him, that would totally check out because it's not reality. Like you're gonna go save fucking Mars and their oxygen problem. Yeah, and also, you know, uh, the the scene while you know the. While the oxygen is being exploded in the third act, yeah, um, that was great with their faces getting yeah. all hyper animated and uh, claymation. Um, you know, you got great. the the animated X ray scene. Oh, where yeah, where it's all like hand drawn skeletons. Yeah, dude, the movie is it really works, and I think Arnold being in it and Verhoeven helming it, it's just it's like perfect. That's a five star movie. And Sharon Forever. Stone was on fire. And you know, here, if you're like, she looked incredible. if you clicked on the wrong podcast and you hung out this long and you're, you're a big anime fan, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. What the fuck is Total Recall? This is an isekai movie. Wait, and, why are anime fans listening to this show? Because <laughs> they clicked the wrong podcast. Oh, that's fair. That was my setup. Got, see, this is why I don't I'm play sorry. with the fucking sound I thought board. they. I thought I brought them in with my perfect <laughs> blue review. <laughs> you did. And here's the thing. Isekai is all about this agoraphobic uh, society wishing they could just be in a video game because vi- video game, they have very strict parameters and you can win as long as you play and you try, right? Life isn't like that. So this kind of works in that, in that vein too, where Arnold's now the hero of his own video game and he's abandoned reality. Although what do you think at the end? Was it a, was it fake or was it real? Brother, I got thrown off. I, I know. know. And here's the thing. Every time I watch it, I always question it again. Yeah. And that's the hallmark of a great film. Yeah. There's just, there's a lit. If you had like one more hint. Cause I don't, does, I don't know if it matters. It doesn't re- at the end of the day. Yeah. Which is the thing. Now apply that to life and it gets very bleak. Cause it yeah. should matter. I, I, I think it's just a, a perfect, um, cause again, I think that when we get into stories that are all about, you know, twisting you this way and that way, yeah. you lose reality. But it, there, while you're doing that, you're bored. And, <laughs> and, but the and while while that's happening within the story, there's constant reminders that you're that you know we're this is a movie. Yeah. We're having fun here, um, and let's just appreciate that. I think it does a good job of of keeping you in that moment. Um, oh, for sure, because you it doesn't even really matter in this movie. Exactly. Yeah, you're just having a good time. You're just fucking people, and up. everybody's on the top of their game. Look at Jack. Uh, Ironside's great. <laughs> yeah, he is. Man, he was he's really good. Ronnie Cox is is always good as you know the uh, the bad rich guy, and uh, you know it's not the first bad rich guy he's played for with Verhoeven. No. So you know Verhoeven's using a lot of his you know the same players here. Um, 
And uh, it's good, man. It's just, yeah. Did you like the taxi driver? Oh, the Johnny Cab? Yeah. Love the Johnny Cab. Well, not the Johnny Cab, the dude on Mars. Oh, well, the, the he turned out to be a mutant. <laughs> he had a cool arm. Yeah. That arm was cool. But the mutants. Oh, thank you for bringing that yeah. up. Um, the Johnny Cab is fantastic. Too. I love Johnny Cab. I, love, I wanted yeah. more Johnny Cab. Yeah. And uh, how much money How much money was, is this? Mm. And how, how much did we say hope, that The I Rock was? They need to give Verhoeven double Michael Bay money. Is all, oh, uh, they didn't. I don't even see it on here. Let's see if we can find it. Oh, there we go. Fun. Forty-eight Where are you looking, Randy? On Google? Wikipedia, but it says 48 to 80, which is not a uh, yeah. very... On IMDb, it says 65 million estimated, which would be 10 million less than The Rock. And then gross was 261. So pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Pretty, pretty good. And I imagine the... Uh, Opening weekends look the same too, 25 mil. Also imagine it moved a lot of VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. I own this day. movie... Three different ways on DVD, I think. Very briefly, can we talk about Quato, please? Yeah. Um, I was very sad when he got shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you you mentioned that when before we were recording, you're like, dude, they shot him. Yeah, like yeah, they shot his host body. It's funny because the fact that Quato is like a he's kind of a traditional horror character. Yeah. Normally, when you have a like brother, or somebody grown out of your belly. They're telling you to kill people or you're feeding them people. Yeah. Or like in the X-Files, they come out of your body and climb out your prison cell window and murder people. This guy was a prophet and he had the right idea. Well, it looked very, you know, Hennenlotter-esque. Yeah, it did. Yeah. He was the Belial. Did they bring him in for uh <laughs> for I would like to day? see Hennenlotter who, and Verhoeven. Who did, who did the effects on this? I don't, don't ask me that. Because that was very good. Was it all, pra- was he all practical? Um, who, Quato? He yeah. had to be. Yeah, I can't imagine they, I mean, again. Yeah, 90. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what they were doing back then. Um, Stan Winston would be my guess. It Randy, looked, are you looking that up? It looks great. Yeah. Yeah, can't really find it at the moment. Yeah. Also, didn't um, we see this in Phoenix like seven years ago? Oh, we did. Yeah, we went to, um, Colt. Uh, what the hell were they called? Cult cinema? Cult classics, easy, I think. Cult classics. Yeah, we went into a, it was a cool theater. They had a lot of like old animatronic stuff and arcade. And yeah, then there was, was like cool. a local group out there and they just showed it. But they had shirt. We didn't get a damn shirt. Yeah, I did. I did. But that was, was my first time seeing it too. Oh, you did. I got an Army of Darkness shirt that they had there. Yeah, that shit was cool though. I remember that was when we tried to go to that bar. That was like a cinema thing, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, they were showing a cool movie there too. We watched a lot of movies when we, yeah. I are they showing like Dangerous Men or something? I can't remember. I remember. I do trying to see that there once. I remember we watched the um uh Brian Cranston. I'm a not I'm an author writing in the tub. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Trumbo. Trumbo didn't like it. Then I remember we watched that samurai film that I was so fucking pumped on. That's and right. It was like. Yeah, yeah. It was like an AI. It was like Chat GPT wrote an A twenty four samurai movie. It was so fucking boring. We saw Room, and then Room. I watched Room. Y'all did not watch Bone Tomahawk. I think that might have been it. That I think that right, might have been the one at yeah, the yeah. at the bar that we couldn't go to. Yeah, yeah. I do. Total Recall's fantastic. That's a movie you throw in anytime. It's great. I'm glad you watched it. Two stars. <laughs> All right. Uh, now. 
the movie that I'm going to, you know, sometimes Russell and I are able to knock out a movie together. So this is our handoff movie, the movie that we watched this morning. On a Sunday morning, we took in a little church. We watched a faith-based R-rated horror film called Nefarious, directed by Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon. Uh, these gentlemen with two are, directors on here. Yes, sir. Two <laughs> writers, two directors. All right. <laughs> uh, these gentlemen are no strangers in the uh, faith uh, and family genre feature land. Uh, Konzelman uh, directed um, the abortion movie Unplanned. Uh, they caught a little attention here uh, in the last couple of years ago. God's not dead, things like that. So you know, these are big movies in the uh, in the uh, evangelistic world, in the Christian Wait, community. God's God, not dead. That's a big one. God's not dead is a franchise. Oh yeah. God's not dead too. Oh yeah. God's, God's not, not dead. dead. We the people. That's a big one. Oh my God. What 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 do you want? Christians spend money, baby. This is what this is what it is. Now, this movie is a little different. Um, you know, an R-rated faith-based horror. This was film. R-rated? Yes, sir. Why? I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So why was this R-rated? This is um, well, because it's it's disturbing. Uh it's disturbing subject matter, Russell. Don't you know? <laughs> I feel like they had to ask him, can you bump that up? Uh, can you scroll up and l- let's read the uh, synopsis here? On the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon and further claims that before their time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to Nefarious. <laughs> so what we have here is uh, we have a gentleman... Um, this is a very manicured gentleman. Um, he is very, <laughs> he is very well dressed. He drives a Mercedes, um, comes into a federal penitentiary, uh, dressed to the nines. You understand, Randy? I'm ge- I'm going to guess his shoes, uh, were Italian leather. They look to be a very high grade. He is very well manicured. Uh, if I had to guess what he looked like, he looked like a, um, a more, uh, metrosexual and even homosexual version of Jerry Seinfeld. But while we were watching this, you're like, dude, he looks like a gay Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> and, and you're the, right. Well, I'm trying because the people aren't seeing him, and yeah. that's like it's an easier description for me to say that. I'm trying to paint like he he he's very well manicured, and the he has a very narrow face. So it's just that he looks like, you know. He looks like if you didn't have a lot of money, but you were going to do the movie, the traditional union route. And you're like, hey, let's get a leading man in. You would have a lobby full of this motherfucker and they would all look identical. This is what I don't like about low level studio horror movies. That guy. There's no character to him. But I kind of liked from a. Now, let's talk about his counterpoint then. Um Sean Patrick Flannery. Now, uh, this is a guy you may know. He was in um, the Boondock Saints movies. This is a guy who's been around. Uh, also, uh, Randy, you may know him um, as the titular character Powder in the movie Powder. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> From 1995. So he's seen yeah. some shit. So this guy, he's, he's been around. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
he went for it in this movie, and I enjoyed it. What What did you think of him in this? Oh, he was in The Evil Within. Damn. I never saw the Evil fu- Oh, we should watch that. I know I covered it on here. Dude, he's been working. Yeah, dude. He was in 12 episodes of Dexter. Holy shit. He was in 12 Dogs of Christmas, The Great Puppy Rescue. Oh, he was in the uh, Sundance Short Film Festival winner, Tranny Trainer. Oh, boy. <laughs> Love it. What the fuck is this? Dude, he goes for it in this movie. Mongolian and- Deathworm TV movie. Oh, dude. <laughs> Bookmark Mongolian Deathworm, please. Dude, he was in Saw 3D. I think that may be the only Saw movie I've not seen. Weird. Why? I never saw Saw 3D. You know what? You know what's going to fucking suck mm. when you watch it in 2D. I know. <laughs> dude, he was in Citizen Jane. Of course. The classic Citizen Jane. All right. All right. Now, we bring him up because Russ, going back to uh, gay Jerry Seinfeld. I think that it was a good pair um, just in terms of the dynamic because that guy was eating all the scenery. And also, I think that we needed him to be a little, okay. In reading a couple things about this movie, um, apparently they're, they're, they're trying to say that uh, this particular, the, this, this is an adaptation of a book called, what was the book called? Uh, the Nefarious Plot. Yeah. Was that right? Yep. And so this is a an adaptation of that book. Um, now, also, the author of that book said the mission of that book was to scare the hell into people. <laughs> so take that for what it is. <laughs> now people are saying that the, the dialogue around this movie is that this movie was not made for the Christian audience. And I think that is a bold-faced lie. <laughs> that is that is wildly incorrect. Well, I mean, there's you just can't a, watch this movie and tell me that they're not rooting for the home team here, man. There's a follow-up question: Who the fuck was it made for? That's a, because that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, okay, I will entertain that if you can tell me, yes, exactly that point. Who was this made for? Because I can confirm this was not made for the horror fan. This movie is mostly talking. And when it's not talking, he is trying to pop his finger out of place. Um, that is the disturbing material. That I guess that warranted the R rating. That and uh, a man being electrocuted in the electric chair, um, which they decided. No, that, it's bullshit. That they, and also again, how they did that was ter- not an ounce of blood was in this movie. <laughs> they beat this guy with <laughs> in a very funny scene. Um, after he uh, accosted uh, the, the good doctor, um, they beat him with the batons, not an ounce of blood. He barely looks like he you know, had even you know, jogged for five minutes on a treadmill um, after he'd just gotten beaten down. And then in the electrocution scene, um, it's just it's, it, there, there, there's no thoughtfulness to making those scenes better. There, it's just a means to an end to get my, there was no craft there. There was no thought. There was nothing. So who is it for? If it's not for them, it's a hundred percent. And that's fine. Just say what it is. Because brother, the, the, the abortion (laughs) part of this was pretty fun. Yeah. And I don't know if I mean that in, in, in the way that they want it to. But, I mean, make no bones who this movie is for. 
So please, I think what we should do is right now, um, when you hear a faith-based production company made a horror movie, uh, that sounds like it's going to be fun, which is why I wanted to watch it with Clark. And it's not fun. And I plead with you, don't watch a movie. It's it's bad. Also, it's like a fucking twenty dollar rental. So it's, it's it's down. It's finally on re- regular rental parts now. Okay, so it cost a lot too. But here's the thing. I did, I talked, I was like, should we pull some clips from this? And I think they're funny, but they only, they're only funny in the context of how fucking stale. This movie has a reverse thing going where the third act is kind of fun. The second act is there's a little bit of fun. And the first act, there's no fun. And it's doing that very self-important like stage play to people. What we're talking about is very important. Again, for the anime fans that click the wrong podcast, it's very like Death Note, except they're not doing like mind chest five steps ahead. It's like you predict everything they're going to do. Yeah. And the thing that was kind of fun is he's like, you're going to commit three murders while in here. Now, when I still thought this was going to be a horror movie, I'm like, oh, he's going to possess them and kill people. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And then there's a moment where he's like, I'm possessing this body right now. Let me possess you. And then the atheist is like, no. And he's like, oh, I'm calling your bluff. Oh. And then he's like, fine, do it. And he's like, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want (laughs) to. And he's like, oh, I told you. I told you. And it's like, wait, really? What are we doing It's Chekhov's possession. And then it turned into like, he knew everything about the the fucking, what was he? That therapist? Psychologist? Yeah. And then he's like, how's the baby? Oh, dun, dun, dun. And then, dude, Randy, there's a moment where he does a countdown. He's like, oh my God. the baby's being aborted. Five, four. <laughs> so he stands up <laughs> and he's doing this like guttural voice. He's like, one, hell. Uh, what do you say? Hell, hell rejoices. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, and then the dude's crying. He's like, Whoa, how did you know? And then yeah. he runs away, gets on a payphone, calls, and he's like, let me talk to my wife. And they're like, Oh, she's recovering. She won't be able to talk for an hour. And he's like, oh my God, how did he know? That's, dude, this movie fucking sucked. Dude. Although Powder, I thought he did pretty good. Yeah. He looked like a real person. He was fully committed. He was doing the impossible too, which if you're a huge fan of Crow 4 like I am, you know that uh, Boreanis could not pull off the, I'm being possessed by the devil. Let me act sinister and wacky. Yeah. He, d- he did it. Honestly, if I got to give this movie any kind of uh, positive note, I felt bad for him, which I'm like, I feel like that means the movie's kind of working. Did you? There was another clip I almost pulled. Now, uh, in this back and forth, our uh, powder was trying to convince the psychologist to recommend that he be executed Yeah, because they were in Oklahoma. Where were they? Oklahoma. They're in Oklahoma where they still have the electric chair. And he's as like, an option. Yeah. And he was like, I want it because it's the most fucked up way to kill somebody. And I think that's perfect for this host body because he's going to hell. And, you know, they come in and they're like, hey, what, what do you want for your final meal? And every now and then the devil would give it up and then Powder would be acting like a sympathetic dude who's just been held hostage. And those kind of worked. And I legitimately felt bad for him and I was embarrassed by it. Yeah. Because he was like, I want a double cheeseburger with bacon. bacon. Double cheeseburger. And he's like, oh, the milkshake? Thick? 
extra thick and he's like sobbing. <laughs> it's, and then he said, it's really important. It's good. He's like, don't get it wrong. Yeah. It's very important. And then the devil takes back over and he's like, you know what? I'm not hungry. And the, <laughs> the guard's like, what? Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I don't want anything. He's like, all right. And Cut like, to. Yeah. And then, you know, in the third act, when we're waiting to go to the electric chair, he's like, what about my burger? <laughs> and they're like, dude, you didn't want any food. And he's oh, like, oh. no. But I felt so bad for him. Of course. But no, not of course. This movie's so no, stupid. But that's, but that's the thing. You fell into the trap. <laughs> I did. I was yeah. like, dude, I felt so fucking bad. Yeah. Like, and I was like, dude, don't feel bad. I was trying to randy up right there. I'm like, fucking clinch that butthole and hold back the tears. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I went in hoping that, that you know, if, if at least there was a little bit of effort to try to be a horror movie. I, you know what I wanted? And it's kind of like what I look for in the room. I wanted the Christian community to have a complete disconnect with modern culture and try and make a popular culture film. And I was like, Let, let's watch them get it wrong. But they got it wrong in the form of craft. Like, there's a part... I don't know if you want to set that up at, oh, in the third the, act. Okay, we'll talk about that for sure. Yeah, craft is a big part. And also, to, yeah, now, it, it took us until the third act to talk about our complaints regarding the craft uh, with just of, of how the shots were set up. Um, the it directing. Was, it was a problem that permeated throughout the movie for me, uh, but it boy, boy, did it come to a head in the third act. So, Randy, um, at, at the end of the movie, uh, we skip ahead one year uh, post execution of this gentleman. Um, Are you going to yada 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 all the other <laughs> shit too? Well, so uh, after the execution, uh, the the <laughs> demonic spirit may or may not have temporarily inhabited um, the good doctor, which uh, looked like the cinematic equivalent of like your girlfriend sneaking a finger in your butt. Where he was sitting on the chair and he went like, who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a demon. And he's like, the devil's in me. Oh, I'm a demon. Oh. <laughs> that gay Jerry Seinfeld yes. possessed by a demon. <laughs> and then he, he grabs, um, you know, they're, they're at an execution in Oklahoma. So everyone is armed. Sold out event. And then it's he goes so, back to the gills. Well, a guy apparently killed 12 people. So, and he grabbed. Uh, a gun from a guy next to him. The detective who thanked him. Thank you for putting him away. I've been chasing him for yeah. five years. Couldn't get him in. So he grabbed his gun <laughs> and went bananas in the room. And then the warden comes in who had established a relationship with the guy because he brought him in because it was a court ordered thing. He didn't want to go with the guy. And the warden's like, he'll get in your mind, man. He'll twist you around thinking you killed all those people. Stay away. And now, you know, the guy's holding a gun going crazy. Um, you know, in this execution viewing room, which also we talked about that too. Of like, who would who would want to watch a person get executed? And you had the perfect answer, and I think it's the only acceptable answer, and that is a person filled with hate. Yeah, and that is the only way to do it. But I, but I want to, I want to, Oksana, see if we can interview people <laughs> that have uh, seen public executions, and I want to know how they felt after. Wait, when you when you emote like that, can you please do it into the microphone? I know that didn't pick up, but she said, "Oh my god, <laughs> mission accomplished." I'll put a Reddit ad out. Yeah, was your mom murdered? Did you watch the execution? Yeah, come on to the Overlook Hour, Craigslist, Craigslist ad, please. Um, 
Yeah. So he he grabbed the gun and you know started waving it around, and then you know right under his chin, he's ready to pull the trigger. All right, because the demon's inside of him. Because we hear the VO of the demon. He's saying whatever he said. He said, "Put out my book. Put out my book." Yeah. Oh, the whole book. So and then he pulls the trigger, Randy, and then it just goes click. No, no boom. Just click. Click, click, click. And then it click, click. That's right. <laughs> no click, click, boom. Click, Holy gospel click, click, POD. Click. And, you know, then they take the gun away. I think the warden says, get him. <laughs> and then they all surround him and they get him. And then we cut to one year later, Randy, and the book, The Nefarious Plot. We should also say that Nefarious is the name of the demon. Um, Nefariama or whatever the Latin is. Which I think I wrote it down. To, uh, Nefariamus. Nefariamus. And then um, Nefarious is the name of the demon. So the name of the book that the good doctor wrote is the Nefarious Plot. You know, that's a good e- actual name of the book. Oh, that's a good example because he's like, oh, do you want to hear my name? A human hasn't spoken it ever. And he's like, it's Nefariamus. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you, you, so you're nefarious? That's your name? He's like, the proper pronunciation would be the nefarious one. Yeah. It, this is the kind of shit that you're subjected to for like, this is an hour and 40 minute movie. It's mostly talking. And, you know, the thing is, the directing problem, if you're going to do a stage play with two people really leaving it all there, like just putting all their emotions out, you don't fucking edit it so heavily. It felt like a Michael Bay movie. It felt like there were 14 cameras around this table and they yeah. were just cutting everywhere. It was every- too busy. And and boy, did it come to a head when we cut to a year <laughs> later and we head over, Randy, we head over to the how, Glenn Beck show. How many year laters are there? Or are you keep referring to the same one? The same oh, it's one. the same one. Okay. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure you said that like four times now. I'm I know. Confused. I know. I know. We haven't gotten no, there it's yet. Five years later. That's right. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> We're at the Glenn Beck show, and Glenn Beck is there. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I don't know how to explain what Glenn Beck is going through. He looks like he is the professor at a school for gay wizards. I, I don't know why everybody's gay in this movie, but <laughs> I mean, he's wearing six different outfits in this one outfit. He has an ascot. He has a denim shirt. There is a vest and then a sports coat. He also is, uh, I mean, he looks a hundred pounds heavier than the last time I had seen him. And he looks like a very fey Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks bad. And also the camera angles on the, so it, Randy, we cut to a talk show, but they're trying to shoot it very cinematic light and it takes you out of the element. You know, whenever yeah. you're in like that talk show thing, stay in the format. Yeah. You have to stay in the pocket, and we don't stay in the pocket. And then it seems like, what are we doing? It seems like a behind the scenes thing. I don't know if you felt disconnected, and it takes you completely out of the element. And then it just seems like, okay, Glenn Beck's a friend of yours, and you just got him to put in this movie. <laughs> it just it took it took you completely out of the element. Also, Glenn Beck was acting weird. He had his elbow up on the table and was leaning into his yeah. Hand. He was, was making like meat cute. He was faces. very flirty. It was. <laughs> He also looked like fat Tim Heidecker. I think that's what it looks <laughs> like to me. Right? Right here? He looks like fat Tim Heidecker. It, very much so. <laughs> yeah, 
he, he, had like he a, is also heavier than any of these pictures. What did he? He had like a tweed jacket on with like a flannel button up, and then a like scarf. He needed like a little hat crooked <laughs> sideways. God, <laughs> like Carmen San Diego. Yeah, this movie was dumb. Also, I have to make an apology. I said uh, click, click, boom, and I attributed that to POD. It's actually saliva. saliva. You do this every, every time. time. And right when I said it, I'm like, that's wrong. I know that's wrong. And in my heart of heart, I could just not leave it there. I had to put a click. Uh, the other day when I was on my iTunes, on my uh, iPhone, it gave me a suggestion of, uh, I think the playlist was entitled, I Miss New Metal. <laughs> said so I, nobody ever and so i gave it a little listen some good tunes on there dude like what deep you know, cut or is it all like corn and like limbisk you know you know what you know what my favorite thing is um i've been listening to conan o'brien's podcast uh-huh. a lot recently i don't okay it's, traitor. it's too it's overly produced and but i feel like that's all he knows okay because yeah. he comes from network television you know what i mean like it's just it's part of the deal so I wish it was a. I wish we would get a little bit more raw and unfiltered Conan, but I don't think that's raw. Ever a word that will come up a lot. In I my just review everything, with everything with him, everything just seems to be pretty produced. Yeah, that fine, whatever. I don't care. The Eric Andre episode was pretty good. I, that was that was good. Um, yeah. He, I think Eric Andre put his guard down as much as Eric Andre can put his guard down with yeah, Conan for sure. Um, and that was a pretty good episode, but. Um, God, that is I- a weird thing. Eric Andre does feel like a guarded dude, yet the yeah. type of shit he makes, you would think he would be completely loose. Like Johnny Knoxville feels like he's always got a mind where it's like, I know what I'm doing, but he feels open and like comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, I've been thinking a lot about Eric Andre too in that regard. Oh, you miss him? No, he just, he's so? weird to me. There, it almost feels inauthentic, but I really like him. So I don't want that to be true. Like it's an act. Like he's like a shy boy or something. Well, he's a shy boy. He, well, he he attributes you know a lot of his behavior. Uh, you know, a- anxiety is based of like why he loves uh, making people uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I get it. He he's he's weaponizing his anxiety. Yeah, I may or may not relate to that. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Burn up. Why did I bring up Conan? His was, podcast. Yeah, I was listening to his podcast and he I had ma- Glenn Beck on. No, fuck. There <laughs> he was, was like, you look like good. fat Tim Heidecker. Were you talking? Oh, uh, new metal. You were talking about yes, yeah, new metal. Thank you. So, and I, I was listening. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, oh, I wasn't gonna go back to that. It's so weird that the connection is Conan and new metal. But you know, I I don't know. I we all love Conan on this, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm very much looking forward to his uh, new HBO show. Um. That will come out. I think he's, you know, the writer's strike, so he's put, kind of paused on the production there. But I think they do have a few episodes, like, ready. But I don't, I think they're going to wait until the strike is over in 13 years yeah. um, when I, AI has taken over our government. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they'll release it. But the AI union. That's right. Verhoeven's on it. Um, in that, you know, he is... He's 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 kind of like a comedian's comedian, right? You know, everybody respects Conan, and he's done very well with his show. And I think he's done a great job on YouTube. But if you go on YouTube and you look at and you think about his historic career and everything that he's assembled, the most popular video he has is the new metal band Disturbed singing a cover song. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got like a, it's got over a hundred million views. I think. 
okay. I, I don't know where you're going with this, but I think the nature of like YouTube and views, uh, music is a thing that doesn't have to be cinematic and you can just loop it. But a what lot. I'm saying is that yeah. the most viewed thing associated with Conan O'Brien yeah, is I a new it. metal band singing a cover song of a Garts of Garts. <laughs> Gartsfield? Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, oh, I know this song. Fucking rips. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wah, ah, ah. That's right. Randy, right. you've been to several disturbed uh concerts, yeah. Yeah, you know, Ozfest, Ozfest again. He's lying. Don't you dare do that. <laughs> I'll go to one year of Ozfest though. Oh fuck yeah. Who was there? Dude. I mostly hung out on the uh, smaller stage. I remember seeing the band Every Time I Die, which was great. Every I, time I I believe I die. when I was in high school, I referred to that band as Every Time I Cry. Oh. <laughs> because that was <laughs> fucking cool. Were they emo? Also, I... Uh, no. No. Um, but Anytime Die was in there, like, as I as I lay dying, as I lay crying, it's yes. very easy. It's very clever, I should say. Um, but I have seen Disturbed. Oh, they headlined a show. Uh, I remember this very clearly. It was Trust Company opening, then it was uh, Corn, and then it was Disturbed. And I Disturbed was, closed it. Yeah, and uh, I'm not a fan of Disturbed. I became a fan of Trust Company. They sounded fantastic. This was at the Oakland Arena. Um, big mosh pit too for Trust Company. I was very into that back in the day. Corn sounded like shit. And was terrible. And I'm like, oh, this was a wasted evening. Because, of course, I was there to see them. Yeah. Disturbed had a fire mosh pit in the middle of the arena, which was one of the craziest things ever. And I believe we, uh, that's one of the dudes we used to work with. We were talking about, we was like, wait, was that the show with the fire mosh pit? It was like, did you go in? It was like, yeah, I did. And it's like, dude, we're probably in the same fire mosh pit together. So Disturbed, I don't know. They got a little piece of my heart. I get very was sick and embarrassed. They sounded great too. Yeah. What did they? What they close with? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I think I was concussed that night. <laughs> that that night and one of the tool nights, I got into a mosh pit and immediately hit my head. Oh, one of the tool head. nights. Yeah. Hey, tool. That's a hard band to see. Maynard. Yeah. Vineyard. <laughs> Maynard Vineyard. All right. You got anything else on the devil? Uh, second coming through a Bible. Told yeah, man. It's just uh. I, it, disappointed, I guess. <laughs> the craft. I'm telling you, you know, the script just felt like a derivative stage play, but the craft, the two directors, it just was There was opportunity there. Powder worked. He did. He, he, he did, did it. He did his job. Yeah. He was fun to watch. I enjoyed watching him on screen. Somehow. And I wanted more. Yeah. And that was about the only thing I enjoyed on screen. Um. Yeah, kind of a failure. Oh, I mean, we, I, I'm not gonna lie. I did enjoy picking apart whatever Glenn Beck was bringing. <laughs> that was something yeah. else. Uh, we we should mention there's a weird moment where it tries to get like topically political, and like that they're doing their fucking like outwit each other back and forth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where they're like, uh, the the dude was making an argument for how we are in the best time ever on Earth, and he was like, you know. We're uh, we're working on race relations. We have all these, and he's bringing up all these like current events. And the devil like sits back and he's like, "Well, checkmate." He's like, "There are forty million slaves on the planet right now today, and the NBA supports them, and they wear shoes made by them. And guess what? Half those slaves, they're sex slaves." Yeah. He's like, and he's just going beat by beat by all these like buzz topics. And my favorite though, well, he was like, um, "Hate speech." 
I we didn't even come up with that. That was you guys. Good job. Yeah, always. <laughs> and then the guy was talking about you know all his liberal causes, and and then the demon was like, "We're best friends." Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's what we're dealing with. It's like, come on, so you can't Dude. even say that you're not for your audience. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, come I'd, on. I felt like the only point that I thought they made pretty well, because of course they do the anti-abortion thing. They also do the anti-death penalty thing. And I'm like, I feel like that should be a more liberal stance. Because again, I've grown up in California my whole life and people are pro the death penalty. Yet in this state, the only thing the death penalty does is make lawyers incredibly rich because they'll get clients who are on the death penalty and then they'll just keep them out of the chair forever. We don't have the chair anymore. We do lethal injection, which is also incredibly brutal. Can I say, I'm glad we don't do the chair anymore. We shouldn't do any That's of it. That's a rough way to go, brother. Yeah, I flip too. Also, there's a one of the other problems with this movie. There's an oral telling that the devil does of why he wants the chair. He's like, your brain fries, your eyes pop, the room smells like flesh, your, your back arts. It None doesn't of that betrayed. You. It looked like he had a minor sunburn. Yeah. They set it up perfectly, and I was a little worried yeah. going into it. I'm like, oh, shit, is this where it's going to get, like, gnarly? Also, they they cover, they generally cover the head in a bag. Yeah, it looks like a ghost being shocked. Yeah. But uh, there's go- nothing yeah. here. There was absolutely nothing. Yeah, there. it was a failure all the way across the board. Uh, when he broke his finger as punishment to the host body, yeah. I flinched. I did, too. I Because I nothing happened flinched. for an hour, oh and then very quickly, you're like, right. you're like oh. All right. Yeah. Nefarious, don't watch it. <laughs> Yeah. This is the problem Terrell always has. Like, it's so fun riffing on a movie that doesn't work that it ends up being kind of fun. But don't. I This one, you'll punish yourself if you watch it. Is this a three? Oh, fuck. No, I'd probably have to be two and a half or a two. Oh, a two, two. No, because the thing is with the three, it's not for me. You got to remember, there's oh, a boy. rhyme with oh, it. Oh, I forgot. It's not a zero. Three is not for me. I forgot we lived on Sesame Street. But it's not a bad movie. You know, it might be for you. This I, one this is, is a four-star movie for me. You're fucking kidding. <laughs> Did you guys look at the Rotten Tomato score? No, we didn't. It's Why not, you it's it not back good. Up? What's the, okay? What is it? Uh, 35 for um, critics and 96 for audience. Of course. All right. There, again, further proof someone's lying. That the devil's in control, but that the good Christian people are still out there and they are on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, it just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not they fun. probably Don't went and it. saw Sound of Freedom this weekend, too. Okay. <laughs> That's another one. Don't. Fuck you, Randy. I don't even know what that is. I don't want to look it up. That's the Caviezel QAnon. Oh, I, somebody mentioned that to me where they're like, oh, there's a Q movie out. And I'm, I instantly. I don't know how, how uh, upfront are they about that. Oh, okay. Well, it's about child abduction. So I don't know. Randy, you, you're our resident uh, Q expert. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's a uh, Jim Caviezel has spoken at like some Q conferences apparently previously, and I think the director apparently has ties to QAnon and has uh, been asked previously in interviews if he uh, would like condemn like QAnon or whatever, and he just essentially says no. So I think he tries to be a little cagey about it, but I think he's a cagey. No, you, you know what? Because there's money. It's the same thing with politicians. It's like, Money. well, you denounce Trump. And they're like, no. Sure. It's like, well, because they're paying, they're donating. Sure. Everybody's got more. That's why you're always trying to get people mad. Eh, fuck the whole thing. Um, Jim Caviezel, though, back in my, uh, back when it was fun to do conspiracy theories, yeah. people loved 
talking about Passion of the Christ and him. Oh, yeah. How it's all porn stars and he's like the Antichrist. And this movie is like a false, uh, it, oh, I forget the term. It's not false flag, but it's one of those, um, it's like a uh, agent of disinformation kind of thing. I don't know. There were websites dedicated to like the evil of Jim Caviezel. Now, see, that, that. The Passion of the Christ. That's an R-rated that's a, horror faith That's film. a fucking R-rated. Never have I been in a movie theater with more fucking infants, too. So many of them. And uh, that's fucked. And, it, and it, you know, it wasn't their parents. It felt like their grandmas were bringing them in. Yeah. And it's just like, you need to learn. That movie's rough, man. You need to learn pain. <laughs> that movie was rough. Can't wait for the sequel. Dude, is it coming out? It is, actually. It's about oh, the resurrection. Well, I what would, I okay. would imagine okay. that that's you know. No, this is this is what they want, man. They want us talking yeah, about the first the one was uh, you know a horror movie, yes, which Nefarious wasn't correct. <laughs> okay. That's the thing. It's like you know y'all y'all can shed some blood. Y'all don't, yeah y'all aren't afraid to do that. What I don't know, man. It just it failed. Y'all aren't afraid of no. It could have been fun. This could have been fun. Yeah, but that's not what they were trying to do. But that that that's the problem. They should have talked to me first. They were trying to say, uh, don't abort. Actually, you know, we should pay that off. The three people you're going to murder. One was that he euthanized oh. his mother. Yeah. He was like, she was in pain. It, and she it was in Oregon. And also, was it earlier <laughs> that day? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it yeah, was. So that was the thing. It's like the first murder was his mother. who He went to like Oregon and got her a lethal injection, so. Uh, the second mother, the second, second mother, <laughs> the second murder was the baby, the baby, was the abortion. Yeah. And then the third murder was him. Yeah. was powder. Was powder. When, because the first he said that he was, he labeled him insane, uh, and that he would have a stay of execution. Yeah. Uh, but then he also, pissed him off and then the warden was able to. Uh, yeah. The warden's like, if you do this, he's going to go into gen pop. And then one day you're going to wake up. He's going to be at the foot of your bed. So basically saying, the warden's saying, I, I'm bad at my job. He's going to escape from my prison. We can't keep him in here. He's going to find you. Movie sucks. Okay. Um, all right. And Talk then, about Insidious. So I'm wearing, you mother. The movie that got me back into metal is how I'm going to start this. Off. That's why I'm wearing my metal blade shirt. That's why my hair's down. Because Patrick Wilson is, he's helming. Insidious the Red Door. Did you know he directed this feature? No. He directed it. Damn. He's starring in it. And also, he got the good old metal band that my dad is very into, which is a red flag, Ghost involved. I, he, I know he likes a ghost. And he performed with them in the end credit song, <gasps> Stay Me, what the fuck is it called? <sighs> so in the, the Do end, I have to go see this stupid ass end, movie now? <laughs> the end credits have this inappropriate song. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? And then you're like, Patch, he, whoa, he's singing on the track. Now here's the with thing. ghost, with ghost. Dude. I think he's just doing the chorus, kind of like, like that kind of stuff, which is hilarious anyway. But here's the thing, I like the dude. I like Patrick Wilson. He's great, and he's self aware. Yeah, he's like, it's already weird enough. I got ghost because he's a fan. Yeah, so he reached out and he was like, hey, you have this track that is unused. Can I use it in the movie? And I guess they're like, yeah, you want to be on it? And he was like, this is a dumb idea, but yeah, I'm going to do it. So here's the thing. This movie is not as bad as the fourth installment, uh, Skeleton Key or whatever. I gave up on the franchise. That's a bad movie. How far did you make it? You make it to three? I think I saw the fourth one. 
The fourth one's With Lynn Shay? She's like in fucking all of them. Is she in all of them? Here's the problem. Insidious, the first movie, it crushed. And it felt like they didn't expect that. Lee Winnell was back. Lee Winnell was in this one. Is he in all He's of them? in all of them. <laughs> yeah. He, he's one of the ghost guys. I don't like this franchise. It's boring. Dude, it's, it is not boring. I'll tell, right. You know, here's the problem. Yeah, you probably boring. watch it at home. You know, you no, I saw all them theatrically. You got an itchy every thumb. single one. Yeah, but you're probably peeing. You're probably eating a Big Mac. You're yes, doing I'm things. peeing publicly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you're a little fidget spinner, dude. You got to be locked in. You got to be in the Q zone. These movies are scary, and I would Jim Caviezel's in the Q zone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Here's the thing: these movies are scary, and they fucking they're one through three are bangers, and I stand by that. <laughs> Part of the problem, though, is that Lynn Shay. It's, it felt like she's a person who was in the original fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. And she's one of those, like, you don't refer to her as a scream queen. And it feels like she she's owed something. Like, she's paid her dues. She's been in a million movies. Yeah. This The first Insidious is kind of what put her on the map, though. I feel like with, like, modern fans. And they she dies. Spoiler alert. So then in two, they figure out a way to bring her back. And in three, four, and she's always kind of like lingering. Yeah. Um, Cranberries. And it's fucking kind of embarrassing. Um, I don't, how how do I start this off? So if you're going to watch this movie, but you're like, it's been so long. I, do I have to rewatch them all? No, No. do what I do. Just throw on part two, because this franchise chronologically is as fucked up as Halloween. Halloween had the problem where there's three different like realities. Like it's almost like a fucking Halloween metaverse, but here chronologically, the order you would watch these movies, I believe is three, four, one, two. Although two, there are moments in two that take place before all of them. So what I would do is parentheses, two, three, four, one, two. I think that's right. And then five. It's confusing and there's not really a payoff. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Overlook. Here, here's the thing. Four is a bad movie and they try to pass the torch. Very uh, Crystal Skull. Doesn't work. And I don't blame you for not coming back. But now. Um, I didn't know he directed it. Patrick, Patrick Wilson directed this one. And you know what the problem is here? It feels a little conjuring. And the well, conjuring feels a little faith based, right? Like it's very like nuclear family, very religious, like. So in the fifth installment of Insidious, this is a family drama. Honestly, Randy should check it out. And are we still PG thirteen? Here's the thing. You know, this is I don't a PG thirteen franchise. Uh, yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah. See, and that's why I'm out. Here's the and thing. for those reasons. No, but the, the other two are scary. One and two, they dude. Scary for who? For I've un, shown un the movie. Babies, Oksana, she can back me up. We've shown yeah. the movie to people who were like, "Turn it off. I can't handle it." It scared me. Yeah, dude. This movie also has jump scares, but I'm gonna say. It's a little boring. If you're not here for a father-son drama, now again, in the, the first two, there are a uh, nuclear family. There are two kids. At the end of two, I believe um, Patrick Wilson and his older son get hypnotized to forget everything that happened because it was traumatic. This movie picks up when that kid is going to college. And um, spoiler alert, uh, Patrick Wilson has broken up. He's now uh, divorced. But there's still chemistry there. Of course. And, you know, the family, it feels like they could get back together, but he's got a foggy mind, dude. He just can't. He's been feeling weird. And you're like, you shouldn't have gotten hypnotized. So this movie, again, this is not a spoiler, but this movie's about how you have to deal with your problems and you got to stick together as a family. 
there are scares in here, but there's a lot going on. Like the boy, uh, he has a female roommate who's black and she's got a lot of character, but he's a boring white artist. So been there. So, you know, yin and yang, baby. They end up going to a fraternity. There's this big set piece of a fraternity house. A lot happens there. It's interesting, but it's not important to the plot. There's a um I will say I one of my favorite moments of like genre storytelling in here is the way that the son undoes his hypnotism is he gets like the leading art instructor at this college and she's a little out of the box. So she comes in, she says, I want everybody to take out the best painting you've done and put it on your canvas. And I'm going to come around. You're going to tell me why it's your best. And she goes up to this little black dude and she's like, I hate this. It looks like a photograph. And he's like, yeah, but that's why I was trying to get it. And she's like, tear it up. And he's like, what? No. And she's like, tear it up right now if you want to be an artist. And he's like, no. And she's like, then get out of my class. And he's like, oh, he's looking around the room for help. He's he's trying, he's drowning here. Nobody's yeah. throwing him a lifeline. So he packs up and he bails. And she, she she's a bee. She's she's a bee. But does she does she deserve the respect given to her? She hot. So our uh, no, she's old. <laughs> so but well, that, she's she's not bad. It's not mutually exclusive. She you know her her uh, confidence is very attractive. I'm in. <laughs> so our uh, going a pair of saggy tits and. <laughs> Got a ring for that finger, baby. The the older son here, he uh he turns over his again, his character name is Dalton, um, played by Ty Simpkins. <laughs> Unfortunate last name. I don't know which one I like better. Dude, so Dalton Dalton Wilcox. Camera pans Trumbo. over to him because <laughs> there you go. Oh. Uh camera pans over to him quickly as we hear him ripping up the portrait of his grandma, which you know, there'd already been some emotional um uh foundation oh. with this painting. And uh, it's a moment. And she said, why'd you tear that up? It was beautiful. And he's like, because I'm ready to learn or whatever. But when they start the class, she's like, I want you all to unlearn everything you've done. I'm going to count backwards from 10, which is exactly how he was hypnotized. And I want you to paint the first thing that comes to mind. And he paints a door. And I'll tell you, I love it whenever they have like art direction. That's clearly like an artist they hired to do all of it. Looks very brooding, charcoal painting, very cool. Aesthetically, this movie works. But Patrick, dude, he tried to make it a fucking conjuring movie. So we we really lean on like the family dynamic and the drama and how they really need each other to pull through. And unfortunately, the movie's good. It's like a three and a half. But it's not fucking a banger like the other two. The other two were just nonstop horror movies. Also, everything here is like a rehash. The uh the red door, the characters, the the big bad on the other side of the red door, the further everything, it feels like a reboot. So every, there's nothing really new here. Tell me about the lipstick demon. Well, the lipstick demon? I don't know. <laughs> Let me open that up. I think that might just be- That a, sounds erotic. But I, now I'm looking at a bald man and it's less erotic. Uh, oh, he was also in The Conjuring 1 and 2. As a composer. The, the, what the hell? Music by. Yeah, dude. What's going on here? I don't know. Uh, I will also, tell you. he is, uh, that's fake eyelash. Uh, <laughs> fake eyebrows. <laughs> fake eyebrows. Yes, they're probably tattooed on. Um, the, the big bad here, which is a light spoiler, kind of. They're doing the nightmare. This movie feels very Nightmare on Elm Street, which Oksana pointed out, where it's all about like dreams and kind of trauma, like bubbling up. It's Darth Maul again. 
he's coming back. He's coming back to life. So it's kind of like Darth uh, Maul rips. Eh? Not in this movie. He's kind of like the Darth. He's kind of like um. Uh, so Ray Ray Park doesn't play him. <laughs> no, it's not Ray Park. He's not doing a uh, Ray Park sick. He does not take out a light lightsaber either. But yeah, this movie. I don't know, man. It's long. There's a lot. It feels like a reboot. There's weird fan service too. Um, the movie ends on like a note where I'm like, it felt like this is where everybody stands up and cheers. But you're like, I kind of just rolled my eyes. But again, I liked it. Um, not it's three and a half. It's just we're in the right direction. But I don't know if this is going to kick off a, a sixth one. How many stars do you give the uh, Patrick Wilson ghost track? Oh, dude, I'd have to listen to it again because once it clicked and we, I just became completely distracted. You can find it on YouTube. It is available. Sick. Um, Randy, let's close out the episode with the. Uh... Yeah. Can you add that in, Randy? It's <laughs> it's funny. Um, it's not that funny, though, which also makes it kind of funny. And then last but not least, I watched a fucking horror movie. You know, there, we've watched a lot. We've my eyes have seen a lot. Oh, boy. And every now and then, you know, every now and then you watch a, uh, like what's relatable. What will Clark and Randy understand every now and then Wes Anderson comes out with a new movie and your mind's just blown. You're like, God, the visuals are so beautiful. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with me on the other side, the, the dark side of the yin yang, sometimes you get a text. You know what? Where's my phone? Oh my God. My text was, my phone was blowing up during this episode and I had it on the table and it was just vibrating. And it was fucking bothering me. And if you listen to older episodes, you might hear me throw my phone on the floor, which picks up on Mike. Yep. So I gently put it down on the floor. But um, here, let me go back. I uh, So I got a text from a friend, family member, Robbie Smith, a filmmaker. He's been on the show many times. Also, he's doing a Patreon podcast. I think we plugged that before, he's right? He's canceling it. He's canceling it? Yeah, he's stopping it in September. I just got a notification. Okay, well, now's the time. Jump in there before Classy it's gone. Classy Robbie fashion. <laughs> Fuck it all. All right. So he sent me a um a text. Uh, it was a it was a screen capture of IMDb at a film from 2012 called Bottom. Uh, it's a document <laughs> documentary biography. Uh, and here's what it's about. A cinema verite documentary about a man living in New York City determined to have... Okay, here's the other thing. I got to put a disclaimer here. We're going into gnarly territory. This is kind, It's kind of taking all the fun out of the punchline. But there's some shit on here that I've been thinking about since I watched this movie. How the fuck am I going to talk about this? Here's how. I'm going to warn you. Uh, just, I'm going to be saying weird shit that I might not be proud of later on. But uh, just buckle up or, you know, thanks for tuning in. We'll be here next week. <laughs> Also, I'd like to put a disclaimer out there as well um, <laughs> that I I did not join you on this ride. Yeah, you didn't. I let you know that I was not going to join you on this ride. I don't know, but uh, you did. You did. I did. But you did know, you feel betrayed by that? No, because the love of my life, my writer died. <laughs> she was right next to me the whole time, and I said, <laughs> yes, don't she you, was. I said, don't you fucking get turned on by this. <laughs> and oh. uh, you stay tuned. You'll find out if she did. Anyway. Uh, just a warning. And, you know, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Okay. Is there anything else in case people do actually leave like they probably should? Well, you know, first of all, you 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 stopped rating this mid-sentence. So I know, we, I, I did. We, we need to circle back on that. And also, I want to let you, you know, run it, but I want to know 
when you start talking about how you watch this, I'll jump in. Okay, that's fine. But do, is there anything in case people do leave right now? Nobody's going to leave. No. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know. Are we going to talk about Thursday, which we're probably not going to do? Nothing. I don't think we're going to have an episode. Oh, yes. We will, not, we will probably not have an uh, episode on Thursday. So that's why I don't mind uh, extending this episode uh, to uh, what I'll call Gear Brother Link. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. Now, now, clearly, if you're hearing my voice right now, you're a ride or die. You don't give a fuck. You're here for real cinema. You watch YouTube. You canceled the Criterion hey, Channel. Hey, we, we touch a, we touch a lot of bases on this. We show. do, and 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 also to be fair, I, I'm trying to to I'm trying to add a little bit of serious note to this. It's like you no, know, fuck that. We, we no, but we do like to touch on various subcultures, and I think that you have certainly touched on a subculture here. No, uh, I'm I've penetrated a subculture. Oh, here. thank you so much. Um, and I just I didn't feel Sonny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I again, I don't want to get out of the way. Yeah, I'll get out of the way. It's not for the faint of but heart. I, but I have to talk about how you watch this because I will. Fun. Don't okay. worry. All right, uh, we're gonna get into it. Okay, I'm pausing for dramatic. I'm Please getting go. into it. Let's go. Randy is losing his patience. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's getting erect. All the blood is rushing down. Um, well, Randy so doesn't. Also, there's a new movie coming out uh, from the director of Shiva Baby called Bottoms, which I thought you were about to oh talk my about. God. No, it's not that one. Can I tell you, I was I I didn't care about that movie until I saw the trailer, and I'm in. It looks like it okay, looks great. Get the fuck out of here, y'all! Are it in, looks like the new uh, But I'm a Cheerleader. We're in the deep zone of the pool. Is okay. that what they call it? The deep end. Sure. The Q zone of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> we're in deep. The water's over our head, and we're not going to make it. So we might as well have fun. Just like that's what Q said. All right. So I got a text. Uh, It says, you're the only other person I can think of that might be remotely interested in going on this journey. Again, the screenshot was of Bottom from 2012 on IMDb. Hour and 25 minutes. It's actually a little bit shorter, the virgin, the virgin, the version I watched. It is a documentary biography. You do not watch a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. You know, a cinema verite documentary about a man living in New York City determined to have raw sex with as many men as possible in a year and meticulously keep count of the number of loads in quotes he takes. Now, uh, he texted me after he said, take that as you will. I could only find the full film on a porn site. Haven't seen it yet, but we'll update you tomorrow. When I take the dive, he included a link www.eurogarga.com slash bottom uh, and I told Clark about this and you said, you're not going to click that link. Are you? I said, I already did. And I can't get it to play on my phone. And then Randy, he <laughs> immediately sent it to me. I sent it to you. I said, yeah, you want to, <laughs> I'm like in no universe. Am I clicking that link? And it was just so funny is I, I, I just go in there to the living room to talk to my friend, Russell. <laughs> and within two minutes, he's telling me about this movie where this, there's a cinema verite documentary where the dude is taking count of how many loads that is injected into his butthole. And then our dear friend Robbie tells him about this. And next thing I know, he's on a gay porn site trying to watch this movie. Uh, What a life we live in this I don't know if it was exclusively gay. The ads definitely weren't. Although I think that might be true to all porn sites. I'm just... Well, as an expert of the genre, okay. <laughs> I was unfamiliar with this website. You know, it's funny. I tried to play it on my phone, which clearly is a bad idea. Yes. My phone was like, alert, we've blocked nine <laughs> pop-ups. And I'm like, oh, one of those might have been the movie. <laughs> anyway, I decided around uh, 1, 1 a.m. last night 
or this morning, however, however you're inclined to think of it. I was like, Oksana, we got some free time. You want to take Don't watch this at one in the morning? Oh, dude. Well, I, I, no, if we're, My if Lord. I'm really, I think it was like 1230. Oh, yes, of course. We had time. Much we're better. like, we're like, dude, if we do it one take, it'll be over at two. We could do this. And I said, let's, I said, <laughs> hey, you want to water or anything? Let's take a seat. And I said, don't you fucking get aroused. Because if you buy some shit for like pegging, I'm going to come after Robbie. Or I don't know, maybe I'll be into it. And she said, you don't get aroused. Yeah, because, you know, it could have ended our relationship. Anyway. I think you'd like to pick. Here's the thing. We open up this movie. Again, we don't know what we're getting into. And it opens up like a found footage film with a prompt black white words. And I think it was a fucking Chomsky quote. What is War and Peace? It was what? Tolstoy. That was like the third okay. one. We Chomsky up did not essay. write War and Peace. No, no. Tolstoy did, right? Yes. So there were like eight incredibly highbrow, like, what about this? And I'm like, oh, no, this is making me scared. Because every time I've ever watched a gnarly indie, like, we shouldn't be making this movie, always up front, they try to intellectually front load it. Like, this movie's thoughtful, and you just don't understand it. So then we cut, oh, my God. Um, I should mention that every face in this movie has been blurred out. Any distinguishing marks, so like a tattoo, a birthmark, anything that could get you pegged in a lineup, unfortunate word there, has been blurred out. And there's a long disclaimer. Everybody in this movie was 18. Everybody in this movie had given written consent to being filmed. I didn't buy either of those for a fucking second. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, where are we going? And aesthetically what this movie looks like, is, uh, do you remember Taxi Cab Confession? Sure. Like, remember the HBO kind of smutty, like, oh, we got, we got, like, I guess that's Cinema Verite too, where there's, like, people fucking in the back of a taxi. Well, if you remember, uh, um, Night Ride. Yeah. From the yeah, yeah. footage festival. No, it's, it's got that vibe. So this is some voyeur shit, but there's a lot of VO early on. And it's talking about how there was a, um, oh my God, now the vernacular here. I don't know much of the terminology, but there was, like, uh, Oksana, help me out here. What the fuck were all the names? Like bareback, raw, um, twink, like every kind of gay term had been used a thousand times in this movie. Can I just say that, um, you know, what other show that you listen to <laughs> is going to pair a faith-based horror film? I know. With a cinema verite about gay sex. What, it, what, I mean, come on. Well, here's the, so here's the thing. I, I teased early on that this was horrifying and, um, I wasn't joking and not, not because it's like, Hey, I'm a street dude. And like, I'm here with my fucking girl and we're watching these guys just go to pound town. Yeah. Whatever, man. At a certain, when you get old enough, it's like a naked body, whatever. Sure. Now again, I hadn't seen any of the shit that I'd seen in this movie, but you know, let me go back. So it opens up and the VO is talking about how this is based on a, a blog. And there was a guy who would put it out there that he was trying to catch as many loads as he could in a night. And he would do parties. I can't remember what they were called. A pony show or something. It, it felt like, like they're breeding. A breeding party. Oh, God. Right? It just feels a little like. This is not my life. So he's he's putting it out there on the internet. He Brandy, meets- is this why you go to New York all the time for breeding parties? <laughs> <laughs> they love an otter, I've heard. Oh, Randy, your natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joking aside. Our our uh, our main character, he he's got the like look of a Hollywood gay. He's ve- he's got eight pack, oh, like the star of Nefarious. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. 
very toned. Um, <laughs> he's got a nipple ring and he's got a Prince Albert. And this is really the only way that you can distinguish him from all the other wieners that are going to appear in this film. Yeah. Now, remember, every face is blurred out. So a lot of what you get is hairless, um, very uh, cut gay dudes just going at it. And the one thing you're like, oh, there, there's the ring. I know, I know who I'm looking at now. And the way that this Cinema Verite documentary kicks off is that one of the people responding to his blog say, hey, man, why don't we film it? And he's like, okay. <laughs> and he, this, is, this is the main thing that I think is so interesting about this movie. Normally, when you have like a Frederick Wiseman, like Randy mentioned earlier, you have an outside neutral party coming in to document events. And that's how you get interesting things. You know, you don't want to be a good guy. You don't want to be a bad guy. You want to be there as like a somebody who's filtering out the truth and you can embody a story. We don't get that here because the cameraman is fucking the subject. And there will be times where the camera's on like a, a desk and he's like the dude he's filming is blowing him while another dude's doing him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is a journalistic problem. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if you're really going to get to the truth here. And this movie, you just want to reach. Wait, so the filmmaker's getting blown? Yes, in? he met him on the site. So he brings the camera in and he's like, we should film it. So what happens is a lot of the time he'll just be in the corner and he'll film it. And I don't know what the subject did, but he had money. Clearly, he's living in New York. He wakes up and he'll be like. I got on the app and I put it out there that a bareback's looking to catch as many loads as I can. And if there's a, a swinging dick in town, you need to get over here. So he'll put his address out. Literally, dudes will show up at his door, knock, come in, bone him. Now, the type of dude we're dealing with here, he fucking doesn't want to talk to you. He likes verbal. He likes it when you're verbal, though. He likes it when you're rough with him. He likes you to come quick and yep. get the fuck out. So if you start cuddling or something, Shuts it down and like, no, you got to go. Yeah. I'm a, this is not what you came here for. Yeah. And you know, it starts off seven dudes in a day. Doesn't know any of them. And I'm like, okay, this is what I thought. Whatever. It's just a dude taking a lot. Yeah. Is that the police? The doorbell just rang and yeah. I feel like they know what we're talking about. <laughs> I know. Oksana's going to get it. We're fine. So here's the thing. It feels a little gross, but then you're like, well, this is the culture. Like, you know, I've heard smart people talk about what ruined gay culture was them trying to be monogamous, like them taking after straight culture. And it's like, you guys were great at art because you didn't have a lot of these like anchors of a relationship, like the movies Randy's watching, like the romantic drama. But then, you know, like I'm friends with Terrell. He's very romantic and he's also loves being monogamous. So I'm like, it's interesting. Like, is that biased? Are you putting judgment on people for like shifting even away from their culture? Like you should be promiscuous. It's all very complicated. Just let people do what they want to do. Here's the thing. This is just the launch pad for this movie. We get into like, so what the dude wants, he, again, he, in a year, he wants to catch as many loads, but here's, here's the thing he doesn't mention. He likes to leave it in there. So he'll go all, he'll go days with like, he'll be like, there are 17 men in me right now. And then here's the other dudes will seek him out and be like, oh, how many loads you got? Like, this is what they're saying. It was as we watch them take off their pants. And he'll be like 22. And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I can't wait. And there, there's a lot of fingers in the butt. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of licking fingers after being in a butt with 22 different dudes. Again, 
these are raw, so no condom. If you show up and want to use a condom, he'll kick you out. And in the beginning of the documentary, one dude shows up and he goes, wait, you don't, no condom? And he's like, yeah, no condom. He's like, well, are you HIV positive? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm going to leave. And he's like, well, this dude's a fucking bitch. Why would you even show up? Like, if you're going to show up and fuck me, do it. He's like, this fucking, he's like, I hate a top when they think they're going to catch AIDS from me. He's like, you, that's not how it happens. And I'm just like, this is gnarly. Yeah. So he's a positive dude going around. And then he even says, maybe I should have lied to him and told him I wasn't. And you're like, okay, this shit. And one of the things I asked Robbie was, I think early on, he's like, there's a potential. This might be like found footage. And I was like, Hey, is it fake? He's like, it is not fake. Yeah. And you know, immediately this is not fake. So moments like that, you're like, okay, this is a little bit different than uh, I was expecting. Again, the next level of weird, a dude comes over. He's like, dude, I got, I got five loads for you. And you're like, was this dude's going to come five times? No, this motherfucker had frozen condoms in his freezer that he saved for him. So what he'll do is he'll load the dude up. Also, he had a tool that is made to spread a butthole. Yeah, he did. No, he had a tool, a metal implement that is made to open up an orifice so that he could, uh, drip the uh, contents of the uh, balloons what, into what are, him. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, here's the thing. Dude, we're not even there yet. This is why I had to do a disclaimer. This is why I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> dude, this shit is real, too. And That's fine. Here's the other thing. So the dude brought over five used condoms. But he's like, I also had seven of my own. And I'm like, wait, but you don't use condoms. Of course they, of course he has them. Because he found them at a at a porn store in the garbage can, and he took them out, tied them off, and then put them in his freezer. And that's how coronavirus. <laughs> that's a fucking monkey bite. That's everything. So this mother dude, and he dude, he would tell people this. I got seven from the bookstore, and people would be like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm coming over." And he would throw these parties. And it's here's the thing: the shit is interesting. It's, but you know, the whole time you're watching this, you're like, this is a, this is a horror, but you know, you're like, but I don't want to judge, you know, back to Seinfeld and say, Hey, I'm not gay, but, uh, what, what was the fucking line? I can't even think of it. I'm not gay, but there's nothing, not that yeah, there's, not anything, that there's wrong. anything wrong with it. So that's, you know, how you're feeling as an audience member here. You're like, oh, I hate to judge the culture if this is what they're doing. Yeah. But it's like this, you clearly, this is not what they're doing. This is this one dude. And he talks about like, I don't want to eat today. Because I want to keep these in me for the weekend. So he, he'll fucking, he'll go on a, um, he'll fast to make sure that nothing comes out of him. So that like literally nothing comes out of him. Um, so he, he puts it out there that he's got all these loads. He sets up a, um, a breeding party. He'll tell people a hotel room and he'll say, show. he actually goes through the letter that he sent to people. And he's like, here's what I wrote. I, you know, I wonder if I used the right verbiage. And he'll be like, from from eight to ten, in this room, show up, tell your friends, I will be here. It's tops only or versatile bottom. Show up, do your thing, leave. I quick turnaround. Like he's got all the rules laid out. What's a versatile bottom? I think it just means switch hitter. Oh, very nice. And yeah. So, um, uh, the first breeding party he throws does not go as planned. I think he only gets like eight people. Oh, he's very upset. True. He's very angry. He put a lot of effort in. And you know, he's reflecting on like, well, is it the words? I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing this correctly, maybe. So what he does, is he goes out to a club 
wearing only um like chaps, I think, or it's some kind of underwear he has. He's got to send a message. He's like, I just took my butt out and I bent over. Yeah. And he's like, you know, and he, he it's funny because he's superficial, like incredibly. Sure. So he'll just be like, he judges everybody. But when he starts getting mad, he doesn't even care who's doing it. So he calls them like mercy fucks. He's like, I did a couple mercy ones, but this guy had a big, he's very <laughs> detailed about like the whole performance of everybody. When he stops remembering people, he talks about how he had a piece of paper where he had to keep tally marks because he's like, some of these people were forgettable, but I didn't, I wanted to know how many were still in me. It's like, all right, we're going like, you don't get halfway on a journey like this and not see it through. Yeah. But it always, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> Is that in these types of movies and in this sort of documentation, um, even when you're watching act one of this movie, we're not watching act one of this man's life. No, no, no. Um, so, you know, I wonder what happened in act one. They so, got us to this uh, particular. So here's uh, the thing. I always think about that in movies, too. Like, why is this the jumping off point? Well, this one's easy because the cameraman met him and he said, let's do this. That's the only reason why we're starting. And the most interesting element of this movie is the relationship between the cameraman and him. In the third act, when he starts throwing a breeding party, the cameraman is in on camera, like in having intercourse with this dude. Yeah. And again, I say intercourse. That's the most vanilla, boring way. That is not how anybody in this movie would refer to anything. They're getting creative. Out They're flipping over. Everything's on a couch. There's multiple people. They're every, multiple people. They, got a lot of, they got a lot of imagination in this. So the thing you keep thinking is, how did this dude get like this? Why is he doing this? Why does he not want a relationship? Why does he want strangers? Why does he want multiple people? Why is that important? What trauma created this? Yeah. You will not get any of that because the cameraman no. and the, the 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 dude behind the movie is not interested with it. Yeah, sucky fucky time. Which is the most horrific element of this movie. I imagine. Because it feels com incredibly like exploitation. Now, here's the thing. Well, um, again, Russell, you saw this on a pornographic movie. But so. here's the other thing. Robbie, uh, again, if you're on our Discord, um, Robbie, he did uh, share his review in there, and which is hilarious. Now, I'm, I'm going to circle back to that in a minute. But um, he talked about how the Roxy showed this. And I believe I mentioned it to you. Now, Oksana couldn't verify that, but R Robbie said that like a couple months ago, the Roxy showed this with the director present, which I don't know if I can even believe that now after watching it, because it feels like such a home movie. If they're going to play it anywhere, they play it at the Roxy. No, that's fine. But the director being present, like. Yeah, I bet it crushed. And that, they all went out and had an origin. Now, after. if the director is present, it makes me think that there's an element of this that is faux documentary. Because what I watched was a dude who was a fan of a guy who was fucking him. Now, I again, I didn't do much research on that. I mean, I did. I did watch this last night, but it ended at two a.m., so I haven't had the time. That's my excuse. Here's the thing about gay dudes: <laughs> they love fucking. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about dudes: they love, especially gay ones. Well, gay ones just have you know their partner is also a there's, dude. It's there's no games. You know what I mean. There's games if, there, there's if, you games. Want, if, if you want there to be games, but there's less games. Hey, I saw some Rob Halford hol holster make an appearance a couple of times in this movie, so I, there's games. I, well, you know, but it's it's a different game. <laughs> it's a different game. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I buy that as a faux documentary. If there is an element of a director who tries to have some artistic angle on this, then 
it is disingenuous to the product that I watched last night. Is but, what I'm saying. But this guy makes movies, or just for, a lie. you know, within this world. A lot of them. And he did make a couple horror, like, Oksana, that horror movie you're telling me, he made like a slasher that has like, okay, <laughs> look that up. Again, what Robbie put in the Discord, which is hilarious. Randy, did you read it? No, I haven't yet. Okay, good. Also and you'll enjoy the it. Roxy R-O-X-Y cinema in New York with a- uh, Maybe- Q and a with him. In, then uh, that might be year. it. Okay. Then that's the one, not the IE, which is the Bay area Roxy. Okay. That makes sense too. It's a New York film. I believe that. Hey, fuck. Hey, if you're, if you're out there and you went to that Q and a, can you shoot us an email? Also, if you're out know. there and you're queuing on, let us know. Shoot Randy an email. <laughs> Here's the thing in discord. I think Robbie realized he's not going to watch this fucking movie. I'm going to be the only one. So he wanted to share it. And he put his review out there and he said, at no point in this film was I disgusted really by anything until there was about two minutes of a butthole spitting cum. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and then he posted again and said, but that might've just been because I was eating a burger, <laughs> which Robbie is a vegetarian. So I was left with many questions here. It could have been an impossible Whopper. You know, he's a big fan. So then former, uh, longtime friend, former guest on this show, Mickey from the three friends answered. <laughs> A couple minutes is a long time for anything in a movie. <laughs> so this this was lingering in the back of my head as I uh, took this journey on the uh, dark side of New York. And I'll tell you that moment, there's two of them. But the, the one he was talking about, I believe, is at the end of the movie where he's allowing all of the, uh, the love juice to exit his uh, orifice and... Spitting is the most uh, accurate term <laughs> as he put a bucket under him. And it was almost like shooting hoops. Why, it was <laughs> why, why does this have to be because- <laughs> the same week as the faith don't, film? Don't even try to put this one on YouTube. Oh, dude, yeah, I mean, dude. For real, dude. Why, why not? No, YouTube only gets mad if you're talking about the uh, orange the orange man. Or the vaccine. Or the vaccine. <laughs> They, know, this man. kind People of shit they themselves on YouTube now. Yeah, I dude, it's believe true. me. I'm looking at a lot of YouTube videos. I think we're safe. We already have one strike. We can't do the R word. That's the one thing you can't do. They kicked Theo Vaughn off for a week and they kicked Tim Dillon off for a week. Well, they had it coming. No arguments here. Now, hold on. I took furious notes about this movie. Again, uh, do we have an over under on if Oksana was turned on during this film? A lot of man on man love. I know it's a little vanilla for men to enjoy women on women love. So, you know, it, the genders are equal. One can only assume that Oksana was just like sweating from the brow with these hot men. Again, the men in this documentary, they all uh, fitness goals. I'll yeah. just say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Keep this shit tight. All right. So you got an over and under. What do you think, Clark? No. Randy? No. Oksana? No. <laughs> Oksana, do you have any comment on this? Again, thank you for taking this journey with me. Uh, in the beginning of this movie, I did find it hard to look at the screen. Again, again keyword yes, hard. Yes, but again, you're talking, again, your wife, this is the woman who has literally edited a snuff film. Frame by frame. Frame by frame. But I, I don't know, I, this one seems like, it's so like, it's so unsanitary. I was, I was mostly just like confused. It is a horror of hygiene. 
it, no, I mean, dude, if you're a germaphobe, this is your nightmare. Hygiene yeah. horror is a good uh, descriptor. Dude. So after they, they are exiting the tied off condoms into this man's back door, the, the dude takes a fucking, he takes a finger, not just a finger, the thumb. Finger. And he shoves it in. And, Thumb's you know, not a finger. You know, uh, it, he proceeds to do his, like his favorite burger and go in and out. And he takes so it much. and he allows the host of the back door to try it. And it is just, there are these moments where you're like, it's devoid of romance. Sure. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, That's love. Like, you know, I know a lot of dudes, they say, you know, they weren't thinking with their head. They were thinking, you know, with the nether regions. And it's like, yeah. but then The other head, brother. There's a thing called like post-cum clarity, you know, sure. like after, you know, where it's like, whoa, why did I make all these terrible decisions? Yeah. This dude was immune to it. Yeah. It's like, when are you going to, dude, it's been multiple in an hour. Yeah. When are you going to look at it's why it's, you know, he's wired differently. Something happened to him. Yeah. And you, the horror of this documentary is you'll never know. Yeah. Because Frederick Wiseman didn't <laughs> select this project. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything here because I will oh, not. Oh, please don't. Um, uh, disclaimer, 18 and up. Every, you know, I will say I'm sure that the, so. He mentions at the halfway point that some people were not showing up because they didn't want to be recorded. And he's like, so, you know, I asked the cameraman to leave and I asked him if I could just record it without him. And I'm like, you liar. Because the angle of the camera, it didn't look like it didn't look like it was under a pillow, but it was away and at a side. And I'm like, you were just fucking filming it. Yeah. The 18 and up thing. Yeah, we oh, in, man, we I really dicey hope. territory. Well, the thing is that I, I know like a lot of uh, younger dudes, you know, this is their first times are usually like kind of with uh, shady encounters via the Internet where there's no like lessen the shame. Maybe I really hope everybody was over 18 here. Nobody looked like I didn't see a 12 year old waddle into the room. I would have yeah. known even if they blurred him out. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, Great. <laughs> Do you hear that, YouTube? We I, sign off on I, it. I made a note that the cameraman is complicated. Oh my God. <laughs> you like that? This is a complicated film. Um, this episode's two and a half hours, by the way. Yeah, I know. Well, we got no Thursday, so. That's fair. Again, whore of hygiene. God, if you ever see, if you ever see a dude who looks like he's in the gym most of the week, digging around the garbage can of a sex club, now you know what he's doing. And yeah, they do this straight up. Also, the fucking texture of the liquid that exited. The, I don't. Uh, okay. what, why? What are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Just the consistency so by the time it leaves. Idiot. You're an idiot. Also, uh, I will mention this. There is a lot of backdoor um, cinematography here. Uh, a lot of uh, very bleached, uh, clean looking buttholes. <laughs> How does this movie end? <laughs> How does it end? Well, um, unintended. Like most documentaries, actually, no, let me, let me rephrase that. A lot of modern documentaries, it's usually a carefree thing that takes a dark turn and it ends on a sinister note. This one is a horror film that takes you on a ride of terrors and ends triumphantly as, um, with a little help from the cameraman, this is probably why he's involved in so much of it in the third act, our subject gets 50 loads in a weekend. And he was like, I felt so good. And then the last shot of the um, <laughs> spitting into a bucket is those 50 loads. So we're counting Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I believe, yeah. 
He, dude, he had strict parameters. <laughs> Triumphant film. It's it's shocking that it's not on the Criterion Channel. In fact, well, you know, we got the rock on there. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Again, and you know, all the problems that Nefarious had of being over edited. This one does not. Nefarious. Oh, I should mention. I didn't even mention this. the The soundtrack to this movie, Randy. I'm not joking. I know uh, the horrors here had to be uh, filtered through jest. It's all death tones. No, it's all fucking like. It's almost like ambient experimental horror shit. And I was sitting there with Oksana. We're watching these two dudes go at it. I'm like, why is the soundtrack like the symphony of demons? Like, right? It's like a horror. It's like an A24 horror movie. And then to to mask the voices, they're all like, oh, this dude came. It took four hours. And I, it was too long, so I kicked him out. And it's like, what are we doing? Four hours. Well, it's the guy would complain when dudes would take too long to come. Yeah, four hours. That's a long time. It was He embellished on everything, except for the load count, which by the end of the movie, he hit 50. Well, you can't embellish the load count. Dude. For the year, he did want to hit 1,000, and he was confident he would get there. Jesus. Dude, what a world. How terrifying though. And this dude was HIV positive, man. I don't I don't know if we need to talk about these movies on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to because this here's was, the thing. This We're, was rough. It's the overlook hour. And you know what? This movie was criminally overlooked. Some things are fine. Okay, well then, you know, honestly, I wasn't thinking one? about it. And on I could have been I could have gone in more here, pun intended. But uh I, I thought you know, we again maybe one day this will end up on YouTube, and I don't want the uh, the strike Why? demons. Here's the thing: I was like, this would be a Patreon review, but you'd have to watch it. I know you're not going to watch it. I don't know. I think we just should bury the whole episode. I think you're just homophobic. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did watch Nefarious, and you thought half that cast was gay, Nefarious. So. Yeah. So how many um, stars? Fuck, I haven't even thought of that. I know, that's why I'm here. Oh, you know what? I sh- I got to put this on Letterboxd. Yes, of course. Can can we pull that up right now? What did Robbie give it? I want to see. He probably didn't rate it. Are people going to judge me? Yeah, oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm you bet no, your bottom on. dollar. They're, they're probably going to be like, damn, he's got an open mind. Oh, whoa, that made me uncomfortable to be in the same sentence with this movie and open. Um, bet your bottom dollar. All right. <gasps> What? Did oh boy! F- did you find it? No, but um, as we are speaking, it is the uh, the 2023 Major League Baseball draft. Okay, don't turn your goddamn mic off. What uh, a shocker! Hey, it's on here. It's got 3.4. Yeah, it's actually got a lot of really good scores on here. Oh, people, five stars. This movie is so generous. So many moments of sweetness among the viscera. What the fuck did you watch? Did you look? It's got three reviews on IMDb, and one of them is just. This is so hot. I don't understand the other reviews. Uh, I don't see Robbie. He didn't do it. Robbie, I know. He did. Oh, no, there it is. Here we go. Robbie. Robbie Smith, friend of the show. Uh, it opens with the, with the quote. What's the load count, you bitch? <laughs> Robbie said, a lot of the time when I simply can't find the words for something I've just seen, I'll hop. I'll hope anyone happening upon my review will refer to the reviews I've liked. This one is one of those cases. So Robbie had no words. He gave it four stars. Um, four stars. God, you know, here's the thing. 
I love cinema. Yes. And I'm highbrow. Uh huh. And I love a raw documentary. And what? I love a oh God, Oksana, what would you rate it? I don't know. Fuck, man. Three stars. We'll see you next week. No, I think I think I think I'd go a four with Robbie. Of course. Like it's confusing and it's upsetting. But this is fucking art. This is yeah. cinema. I'm gonna remember this movie till uh-huh. I die. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Icarus. There's horror documented on film. You know, I would be scared to Google actually, I don't know. He's got no name. You could find his blog. I believe at the end of this movie there's a way to contact him too. I'm sure of course there is. Hey, you know what? We got a Thursday episode. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> we'll see you Thursday. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>